0: Hey there, Tale Fix listeners, Abby here. I'm introducing our Little Mermaid episode and announcing that this will be the last regular feed episode of 2022. If you've ever read The Little Mermaid before, you know the story is super long and Kelsey and I had so much to say about it. This episode clocks in at a little over two hours. So enjoy your incredible, super-sized, sad, bisexual boy holiday episode. And if you're a patron, you'll also be able to enjoy our December bonus episode as well, where we cover the German Christmas witch, Perchta and the backstories for a couple classic Christmas tree decorations. From both me and Kelsey, happy holidays and a very happy new year to you all. See you in 2023. Yeah, I'm I'm totally I'm totally better except for my voice. So as long as you know nobody minds me being a little raspy.
1: The little mermaid loses her voice too. So so there you go. <laughs> so you can empathize with her hardcore. Hmm.
0: Hello, I'm Abby. I'm Kelsey. And this is Fairy Tale Fix. Welcome to the podcast where we read
1: each other fairy tales and then fix it for a modern audience.
0: That we do consistently. We fucking nailed that intro. Just yeah, we did. Right out the gate. Bam! <laughs> We're getting it. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. I was just a looking at myself in the webcam and just thinking about how my hair today because I'm, I've got bangs and I'm not good at bangs and uh, I'm just looking at my hair today I'm just thinking about how it's a very um it's a very mid2000s like skater boy look at the moment just because I've got got some very floppy bangs that are sort of pushed over to the side and I do like that head toss a lot to get them out of my face. <laughs> You know, that's making a comeback
1: though. The 2000s are back in.
0: I don't want them. I <laughs> didn't like them when they were happening and I don't want them to be back now.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I think your bangs look fantastic. And thank you. Bangs are hard. I have had I bangs. Like <laughs> and I'll probably get them again at some point cuz you ever do sure. you ever like see Sometimes I see pictures of myself with bangs in the past and I'm like, dang, I should do that again. And then I do it and I'm like, that was so dumb. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're so
0: annoying. <laughs> They're so annoying and hard to style. Like you have to you have to actively style your bangs if you want uh-huh. your hair to look good. Um, And I don't like doing that. Are you uh, growing them out? I've been thinking about it because I'm growing the rest of my hair out, out of the pixie cut that I had it in. -hmm. So and I've been keeping the bangs because, like, because like you say, I think I look cute with bangs when I bother with them. Like when I bother to do something (laughs) with the bangs, look really cute. It's just that, like, and I have a good face for bangs. I think it's just I hate dealing with them so much. Yeah, that I think I'm about to give up. Mm -hmm. I'm about I'm about to give up on them. The thing that I will. The, 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 there are, going back to the conversation about 2000s things coming back there mm-hmm. are things though because like even if I grow my bangs out I'm keeping my side part damn it Oh yeah, I am, I am never surrendering my side part <laughs> I am never surrendering my high waisted jeans because they make I my know. hips and thighs look incredible yeah they do um, and I'm never getting rid of them and you can't make me you can't make me fashion trends I hate the 2000s are coming back. Yeah. The 2000s were trash. It's funny because I
1: only ever got like a few pieces of clothes that were like, you know, t- in the trend in 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I got rid of them so fast after I got them because I just – I hated that l- the whole look, that whole thing. Except I did like – um I did like f- – no, wait. In the 2000s is when we started wearing skinny jeans.
0: I do like skinny jeans. I didn't at first. I hated it. Well, skinny jeans had like the – in order for skinny jeans to work, um, on me anyway, the waistline had to come up. Like I love I love high-waisted skinny jeans. The mm-hmm. skinny jeans that didn't work for me were the ones that were like, you know, um, low rises. Like low rise, low to yeah. mid-rise skinny jeans. I just – I don't know. I'm not – I wasn't a fan.
1: Yep. It's fun watching the trends change. I'm definitely going with a few of them. But for the most part, just wearing, I don't know, whatever makes me comfortable. It's funny you mentioned the side part because I'm just like, my hair only has one part. I have tried to do other parts and my <laughs> hair says no. <laughs> Absolutely not. It so it's just a natural side part, like you. It, it is. If I, like, I will try to part it on the other side and mm. my hair throws a fit. <laughs> Absolutely throws a fit and yells at me. Um, I don't even understand a middle part. It's just the same thing. Like my hair specifically has
0: like this one part. Mm -hmm. It's Uh, where the break is in the hairline and that is where the part is. Damn it. I
1: didn't even realize. Honestly, I didn't realize like where you part your hair is a fashion trend. I'm just like, doesn't your hair just naturally go in that part? (laughs) Cause that's what mine does. You can make it do other stuff. (laughs) My hair doesn't give a fuck about what's trendy. (laughs)
0: Uh, so yeah well, fair enough
1: although my i hair- will say i guess i did do like the zigzag thing in yes. junior high.
0: yes you did do the zigzag thing
1: uh i tried my hair was also mad at me then too it didn't last it would like flip over and i would only have half a zigzag
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait so what's uh what mid-2000s trends are you are you gonna pick up then you said you were gonna pick up a couple
1: oh uh i like the white sneakers Or just white sneakers were cute
0: just the idea of wearing sneakers
1: honestly i love that just fuck Bring heels i am bad at heels i've never gotten into like especially tall heels mm-hmm. i like tall boots <laughs> like i can True. do boots but heels i'm not great at say so like the sneaker thing and oh i like that flares their back <laughs> that's fun
0: Oh, flare jeans! Yeah. yeah,
1: I got a pair, and it's been very fun. I because f- okay, so it gives, if I have ultimate flashbacks of being in high school, and I'm short, right? I'm five three, so the ends of my jeans would just be frayed. And I mm-hmm. remember sitting there with my friend Morgan in high school with a lighter, and we would light the ends of our jeans on fire, and I would like <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of the like raw edges. Amazing! <laughs> so every time i wear flare jeans i have them tailored to like actually fit me now because i'm mm-hmm. just better at clothes i guess but like every you time got, I you get them- your stuff
0: tailored now
1: well i i or i'll do it myself like i, I can hem my own jeans oh look at you or, that's so or fancy we'll just i can cut can't do them that. all off so they're all raw <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um i mean surprise surprise and um but i every time i wear them I've been seeing that like flashback of like me in a Sierra Nevada hoodie with my flare jeans. And I'm like, I wore this in high school <laughs> and I kind of like it. It's fun. I
0: It's a very flashback like. It's
1: and It's so comfortable. It's so comfy. You know what?
0: You're convincing me. You're convincing me to embrace it a little more.
1: I'll send you more pictures of the outfits I have that I really like too. But yes, I also agree, no, do. no low rise. I like the mid or high. I like more mid rise, high rise, high rise, high waist,
0: mm-hmm. high waisted. Yeah, I like I like mid a little bit better. But yeah, anyway, I feel that I just I like the high waisted ones because then I feel like I can get away with crop tops.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, and everything's a fucking crop top. Jeez. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't love that. Like, I know we've, we've talked
0: about the crop tops before. <laughs> we have. So we've cool. replaced weather corner with fashion corner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, it's super rainy uh, in California right now. <laughs> weather and fashion corner. This is the. These are the things we talk about when we're just talking. So yeah,
0: it's
1: fine. Deal with
0: it. <laughs> there, are, there, there are two of our favorite topics.
1: Yeah. So. What does everybody else talk about? There you go. Uh, we also just got done watching Bleak House Guest. Yes. Guest.
0: Yes. God Bleak on. Bleak House Guest, um, which is about. on Showtime. When it's on Showtime, and it's about the time that Hans Christian Andersen dropped in on Charles Dickens and stayed for five, five weeks. <laughs> As a very dramatic, socially awkward, very much unwanted house guest in the dickens household and oh, yeah. may or may not have facilitated the divorce of charles dickens <laughs> from his wife
1: <laughs> so yeah we just watched that we actually recorded our reactions uh so if if you want to listen to us react to bleak house guest Ah, uh, you can go on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. We just randomly kind of decided this might be fun Patreon content, so we recorded our reactions, um, a la like you can press play at the same time as us, and then it's like we're all in a living room watching the movie together with way too much commentary, as Abby Absolutely. and
0: I enjoy. <laughs> we call, we talk we talk through movies. That's mm-hmm. what that's what we do. Yeah, it's how we watch them.
1: So feel free to watch it with us. We've never done anything like that before. Um, we just, we've heard of other podcasts doing it. One of my favorites, Textual Tension, has said that they do that stuff on their Patreon. And I was like, mm-hmm. that sounds like so much fun. Let's yeah. try that. So uh, if you want to do that, you can go to Cash and sign up to be a patron. And that and you also get like, what do we have? Like 15 bonus
0: episodes? 16 We're at 16 bonus episodes. Yeah. What like 16? by the time this comes out, it will be no, it'll be 17 bonus episodes by the time this one comes out. Nice. Yeah. So, so definitely go
1: check that out if you're interested.
0: Yeah, which of course you are. <laughs> 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 yeah, you'll get you'll get the uh, reaction audio and seventeen bonus episodes for six dollars if you go sign up at our Patreon right now at Ferytellipics. <laughs>
1: Um, And, you know, part of the reason we started
0: Bleak House Guests,
1: Bleak House Guests. You're so good at
0: segues today. I love it. What did, like, I can see where you're going with it and I'm just admiring you. That's all.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um, It's the holidays. Christmas time is here. And it always, (laughs) it always makes us think of our favorite, favorite
0: bisexual disaster, Hans, hans christian anderson anderson our king our absolute he he is the christmas king <laughs> he me. is our christmas king specifically like absolutely like even even when his stories are not explicitly mm-hmm. set during winter i still think of hans christian anderson when i think of of winter holiday stories yeah uh which which brings us to our topic, uh, our story for today. Because we figured, like, it's winter, and on Fairy Tale Fix, that means we're going to do some Hans Christian Andersen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also timely because a couple of months ago, Disney announced that they are going to be doing a live action Little Mermaid.
1: Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> we're I'm doing a Little Mermaid. We're doing a Little Mermaid. <laughs> 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 We're so stoked! Um, I'm I'm so excited. This is one of the original fairy tales that uh, I remember reading. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like reading the Hans Christian Andersen version. I remember reading and sending a message to Abby. I think I sent, I retyped out. So I have I had my Hans Christian Andersen book and I decided oh, I'm going to read it. It's been a long time. Since I read the HCA version and I read it and I had to retype out the last couple paragraphs to Abby (laughs) because I just was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. What the fuck? What the fuck? So it's one of our original What the Fuck fairy Tales. It's a true story. This is way before we started the podcast. That was one of the things that kind of inspired us. Like if we started a podcast, what would it be about? (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, like I am so excited that we are finally doing this and I'm also nervous to finally be doing this one because like as you say like this is this is a huge one it is yeah. one of the ones that inspired the podcast because the story does not go the way you think if you're just basing it off of the Disney adaptation mm-hmm. which I think most of us most of, the, most of the kids that were growing up in the 90s have the Disney movie as the you know that's the Little Mermaid for us yep
1: definitely. And
0: and like this this story goes in a much different direction. It does. And Wild. I'm I'm so excited to finally be doing this one and finally reading it. I honestly don't remember it that much. I I would, like when you like I was having like a little bit of an ADHD moment where like you were talking about it and I kind of like did the did the JD like look up thing <laughs> just a bit because like I was like I don't remember her sending that to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I did. I remember just being like my, like John the floor,
0: like what the actual fuck did I just read? And I sent it to you. So I'm excited to read it to you today. Yeah. Because I don't think I've ever actually read the original story. I know some stuff about it, including how it ends because you sent me that paragraph and and it's just kind of in the water. Yeah. And I know, I know a couple of things about it. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know a lot of the specifics of how it happens. So I'm really excited to yeah. actually hear the story. Um, I I did get some spoilers when I was when I was looking it up, but I yeah. don't. Oh, that's but I still, fine. I
1: mean, yeah. Honestly, the Disney version is really close. They really stuck to the story, so it is very much the Little Mermaid. All right. I am excited to talk about the differences and obviously how I would fix it. Uh, But it is very similar. They did a a good job for making it into a kid's film without having really uh, like preachy religious overtones.
0: (laughs) Right. Because I do remember that that was a big, big thing. Um, Yeah.
1: That just gets me. And I will talk about that more as we read it. But um, yeah, it's very they did a great job. I, I love the Disney version. It is very cute, and I am I'm really stoked to see the live action version.
0: I am cautiously excited to see it i yeah. I'm a little nervous just because I don't know, every other because Disney she's live black. action <laughs> Sorry. yes, no, that's a book <laughs>
1: <of> course. but <laughs> so it's not Danish. It's uh, <laughs> people saying that like, oh, it's a Danish story. She can't be black. Um, in case you weren't aware.
0: That's the dumbest
1: thing either of us have ever. That's the dumbest thing
0: I've ever heard. Because like, A of all, she's a mermaid. So she's not Danish. (laughs) (laughs) B of all Um, I don't know how to tell racist this, or maybe I do. This is what I would this I mean, if you know. Uh there are black Danes. I don't know what I like Africa did not like spr- like the continent of Africa did not spring into being uh when the British decided to get the transatlantic slave trade going. It existed for <laughs> it's existed this entire time and yeah, yeah. black people and Europeans and people from all over the globe have been talking to each other and visiting each other's hometowns for you know thousands of years so
1: and also there have been black would,
0: people in denmark forever
1: and i would also just like to throw out that mermaids exist in cultures outside denmark too there is that as well <laughs> like mermaids mermaids the f- like folklore behind mermaids and fish people exist all over the world in like every country ever so anyway, I just, I don't know. It's just such a hilarious, like, um, complaint from racist people. Yeah. That oh, we haven't like ever specifically addressed, I don't think. But I just, you know, like, that that's so funny to me.
0: Yeah. So funny. So superfluous. Um, you're making up excuses for why you're really fucking racist and you just don't like seeing black people have fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, I am. I'm like, I'm super stoked. And like, especially after all the like viral TikTok videos of little black girls reacting to a black Ariel, just I'm probably more excited about this live action than any other because most of them have been terrible. And I totally interrupted you. Why are you
0: so skeptical? No, totally. That's totally fit. I just I wanted to say one more thing on this topic and then and then we'll close it and we'll and we'll move on. Um, I also wanted to say that like just the reactions that some people have had to the casting announcement and not, not just of of the little mermaid, but also of like, uh, like there's a, a Disney plus show that's going to turn the Percy Jackson novels into a TV show. And they've changed the, they've changed the race of the main character of one of the three main characters. Um, Annabeth, uh, to like a black girl is going to play her and so people said the exact same thing they said about um casting Halle Bailey as Ariel of like oh well you know then I mean how would you like it if we cast like T'Challa as a white guy um (laughs) and it's yikes so many characters and so many movies over the years have changed the race of a character from a person of color to a white guy (laughs) and you're only like just now caring because it went the other way. It's gone. People like it's gone the other way for so many movies (laughs) over so many decades. Uh Like we already know how we feel about like, about characters of color being played by white people. Um, It's It's been like, it's that's been ubiquitous. Norm. That's the norm. So fuck, fuck off. Yeah. Like, go away.
1: What an excellent point. Anyway,
0: I just wanted to get that off my chest. I knew we had to bring that up at some point. So I figured yeah, just get it out of the way immediately. But anyway, just, that's just not why. Just in case I'm-
1: you weren't sure what our thoughts were on that whole situation, because yeah. obviously, if you listen to this, you know by now.
0: Our but. thoughts are boo. Go away.
1: If anything, um, black girl magic is going to save this live action. yes,
0: it's honestly, it's the only reason I'm even kind of optimistic <laughs> <laughs> about it because right. like I feel like because like I, I I watched the trailer and we were talking about how the music already kind of has like they've they've she was singing um part of your world in a more r and b style mm-hmm. which I'm all I like that a lot because I think that 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 makes the live action at least a little different from the cartoon so it's not just going to be like a live action frame by frame recreation mm-hmm. of the cartoon which i think is really annoying <laughs> when that happens but i am also a little like i'm a little nervous just cuz like i don't know all of the all of the live actions like you said like we've talked mm-hmm. about this before have been kind of mm-hmm. lifeless and really Boring. i really
1: liked mulan until that actual chinese woman explained why it was so bad <laughs> yeah. i really liked it you can listen back uh obviously we did an episode of mulan and w- after we watched the new one
0: uh come yeah. out and then and we i watched- really liked
1: it until <laughs> this person made really wonderful explanations of like here's where it- they could have gotten it right and they got so close and they and decided they not to do it up. yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was a, uh, for, for, for reference, that was, she. that was Shiran J's, uh, sorry, Shiran Jay's Zao. Thank you. Um, and they're actually non-binary. Yes. They them. Um, and so, yeah, go watch their video. It's on YouTube it's um hilarious and also a little humbling because i think our initial impressions of the movie were very positive
1: (laughs) yeah we both liked it a lot and then they explained like all these reasons like oh they could have done this to make like just these like really small things that they could have changed that really wouldn't have changed the movie that much and Mm -hmm. made it more like accurate to where the like origin story mulan came from and it it was just so lazy that it kind of yeah. soured it for me a little. So, you know, it's probably still a great movie. It's probably been my favorite live action, though, so far. I still
0: think it's the best live action that they've put out, like, despite yeah. despite all of the, the cultural inaccuracies. Um, I still – that was the one that I had the most fun watching.
1: Right. Me too. So. That I can think of. Anyway,
0: yeah. um, Anywho,
1: so enough about, uh, Disney, we're excited for that, but, um, we're excited to tell you
0: the original
1: story, the OG Hans Christian Andersen, um, and a little bit of background because <laughs> I don't know any of the background. Abby, Abby so graciously offered to like, be like, Oh, I'll tell the history. Cause obviously this is going to be one episode, one fairy tale for this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just the one, because this one's going to be long, and this this episode's probably going to be supersized as it is. So there's definitely no space for a yes. second story.
1: It's real long. So yeah. uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about the history, because I have no idea.
0: Okay, so honestly, like the the history bit is not going to take as long as I thought it was going to. Um, That's there isn't nice. there isn't as much to go into as I thought there might be, but. Um, this tale was originally published in 1837 as part of a collection of fairy tales for children by Hans Christian Andersen. And it has been the subject of just multiple analyses from various folklorists over the years. We're going to tell like the actual, the actual story. So I'm not going to go into sort of too much of what the analysis of this story has been, mm-hmm. but I am going to focus on two of sort of my favorite of the interpretations that uh, different folklorists have had for the stories, So <clears throat> um, uh, one folklorist, Maria Tatar uh, in her book, the annotated classic fairy tales uh, really, really thinks that like the little mermaid is less about, it's less of a love story to her and more about the, the, the mermaid reflecting Anderson's engagement with mutability and changes in identity. And the way that she sees this framed is that she doesn't think the little mermaid actually gave up everything for love alone. She thinks that it's that the, the little mermaid had such like a deep need to explore, to understand things that were different from her to see different parts of the world that she allowed herself to be transformed into into something else and so it's it's kind of about growth and a willingness to learn and grow and change with with new just become new iterations of yourself yeah um she also says that uh Partially, this is demonstrated in some versions of the story where the prince has a pageboy's costume made for the Little Mermaid so that she may ride on horseback and explore the land with him. And here, her willingness to cross-dress implies a willingness to transgress gender boundaries and take risks to be able to see the world. And Tatar felt that that was sort of emblematic of Anderson's interests and in identity changes. Mm-hmm. And then this is my favorite interpretation of The Little Mermaid and what it means and why it was written. We have said many times <laughs> on this podcast that Hans Christian Andersen is a bisexual disaster. Mm-hmm. The classic. The original bisexual the disaster. The original bisexual disaster, and this um this really is this really just continues to cement that view <laughs> of him. So Richter Norton, who wrote the book, My Dear Boy, Gay Love Letters Through the Centuries. Oh, I, I need this book. <laughs> I know. I oh really want gosh. this book now. <laughs> um, theorizes that the – I'm reading from the Wikipedia page, by the way. So, Okay. <laughs> theorizes that The Little Mermaid was written as a love letter by Hans Christian Andersen to Edvard Collin. Based on a letter Anderson wrote to Colin upon hearing of Colin's engagement to a young woman around the same time that The Little Mermaid was written. Um, And Edward Colin, by the way, I I believe was a a childhood friend of Mm -hmm. Anderson's that he was just like obsessed with. Um, He wrote to him and said, I languish for you as for a pretty Calabrian wench. My sentiments for you are those of a woman. The femininity of my nature and our friendship must remain a mystery.
1: I'm actually looking up Hans Christian Andersen lover's timeline. (laughs) Because our buddy Hans just loved so many people in his life that I just kind of want to get like a good... I would um, like to have like an actual timeline of his lovers. I'm not seeing one automatically, but I'm just well, curious, you, you know? know. They
0: weren't actual lovers of his. They were like people he was obsessed with. Like, yeah, because Edvard Edvard Colin, um, they they were they were never together. Unlike the the dancer that he fell in love with, that inspired him to write the Snowman. Yeah, because they were at least they were at least together for a brief time. Edvard Mm -hmm. Collin was someone that Hans Christian Andersen pined for, but never got.
1: I mean, I guess that's true. I guess lovers timeline isn't accurate, but like, but he has so many lovers that are written down, like names of lovers. So I would just be really interested to have a timeline of like when he wrote the little mermaid, because he was 30 ish or rather the Little Mermaid was published in 1837 when he was around like 30,
0: 32 years old.
1: So I'm just, I'm just curious. That's all. You know? Yeah,
0: I'm also, I am also very, I'm also very curious. Um, I'm probably gonna go through and make a timeline
1: and then post it after this episode comes out.
0: Yeah, we can. I, I think that'd be, I think that'd be a fun piece. That'd be something fun for the two of us to put together.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just like a little timeline. I'm just curious. Yeah. I just
0: when he was. Obsessed with these people and when he was in love with them. And what on, stories wonder,
1: he wrote, like when and
0: based on based on these um <laughs> these obsessions. Hang on. Yeah. I'm gonna see if maybe like I just went to Hans Christian Anderson's Wikipedia page. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can always figure it out later and post it. Yeah, we're gonna have to Because it'll I think that's I, I I was hoping somebody had already come up with a timeline. Yeah, but it doesn't look um of their lovers but it's it's just timelines of his life and not really of the lovers so i, I think that's something fun that we should do or i'm probably gonna do
0: <laughs> wait hang on i did find one paragraph that i want to continue reading okay so like I, so you know he wrote to edward colin i languish for you as for as for a pretty calabrian woman my sentiments for you are those of a woman the femininity of my nature and our friendship must remain a mystery And then Wikipedia says, Colin, who preferred women, wrote in his own memoir, I found myself unable to respond to this love. And this caused the author much suffering.
1: Aww. That's a really kind way to put
0: it, too, though. It's a very kind way to put it. Like, it's very, it's... He couldn't respond to that kind of love. Like, I just, like, I didn't feel that way about him and that, like, that really hurt him. Yeah. But he didn't, like he didn't disparage him or say or say that like you know yeah yeah i find your feelings disgusting it's just Mm -hmm. i just i don't reciprocate yeah and poor um, baby (laughs) baby i know i know um so the little mermaid is um like one interpretation of the little of the little mermaid is Mm -hmm. like it's an allegory for how Hans Christian Anderson felt about Edward Colin and yeah. felt like he was pining away for someone who belonged to a completely different world, like a, a world that he could not enter and could not participate in, in the same way that he wanted to. And then yeah. watching Edward marry someone else. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's that's one that's one possible interpretation for the Little Mermaid.
1: Both of those sound really accurate and interesting. Honestly, like, Mm -hmm. and
0: probably there's probably truth to both. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think that like what what we've seen from reading Hans Christian Andersen's work so far is he he was like a really complicated, very like conflicted person who was sort of constantly struggling. Mm-hmm. constantly struggling with his identity um yeah and i i like that interpretation of of the little mermaid also being representative of that with of that element of his his personality mm-hmm.
1: i also love that you use the word complicated because i wrote in my notes just that did you know hans christian Andersen was an aries <laughs> and i was like what is an aries like and the first thing that popped up – No, the first thing that pops up for Aries is extremely uncomplicated. Really? And I was like, that is uh, not, not true of Anderson. But they also fall in love very quickly, the most quickly out of all the signs. Um, really? So thought, That's accurate. That's then. accurate. <laughs> so – <laughs> but um everything else about that I was reading about um Aries especially Aries men I guess was like they're very masculine and uncomplicated and oh, and I was like no oh, that does not sound like our
0: boy <laughs> like no but that's also all. why like that's also partially I think like feet just it, that's partially why Hans Christian Andersen is such a queer icon like he just didn't really he just didn't yes. really fit into any particular box a queer and probably a neurodivergent icon. Very possibly neurodivergent. I, I mean, and that's that's purely like armchair psychology. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Based off of absolutely nothing, but just from everything that we've, we've read about him.
1: In case um, you weren't sure, Abby and I are not psychologists and we have absolutely no business. <laughs> diagnosing anybody. <laughs> but I mean, that's just what we get. Um... I'm also just gonna throw out there uh, as I just wrote in my notes. If you did end up listening to um, our reaction video to Bleak House guest, I thought this was interesting. Bleak. So char- uh, Hans Christian Andersen visits Dickens in 1847, which is 10 years after The Little Mermaid was published. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just I think it's interesting, like the ages and the years. And again, I'm gonna put yeah. a timeline together. I'm absolutely sure I I'm gonna know. do this. <laughs>
0: I'm so excited. I want the timeline.
1: I, I want, want a it. whole series based on Hans Christian Andersen's like love life. Like I just want some gossipy, you know, drama thing of his life cuz it sounds it's I don't know, it's interesting to me. So,
0: absolutely. I want to know everyone he was in love with, mm-hmm. how they felt about him back, which fairy tale he wrote specifically about his doomed <laughs> love for them.
1: Yes. I want to know. I want to know. I want that series. Nice. I want that uh, soap opera. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Absolutely. What a strange, what a strange man with such with so much feeling. Well, should I get into
1: it? Yes, yes, please, 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 please. Tell me the story first. I'm going to make you give me three predictions for how you think the hca story is different from the disney version okay and uh, obviously you know a lot of stuff
0: but you know i guess yeah, just try I to f- avoid those <laughs> there are things there are things that i already know quite a bit about it um we can also skip it if you don't want to do the no no i, I do think cuz i think it's going to make me think deeper because i already know some of the broad strokes so i'm going to okay. i'm just going to think a little okay differences from the story Versus the Disney animated version. Mm -hmm. So my first guess is that no one has a name. Okay. That's a great prediction. (laughs) My second guess is that the sea witch doesn't confine the Little Mermaid to just three days to win the prince over. Okay. And my final prediction is that it does not have to be sealed with a kiss.
1: Wonderful. Excellent predictions. Oh, um... Oh, what? (laughs) Did you want to make a bonus prediction?
0: I want to make a bonus prediction. You can. This doesn't count for points. (laughs) This one doesn't count for points. But my bonus prediction is that the woman the prince marries is not the sea witch. Like, he's not under a spell. It's just... You know, he actually meets some lady that he really likes, and okay, marries that lady. But there's no, but there's no like interference. I yeah, guess is my, she's not
1: like disguising herself and coming up and yeah. And I, I Abby actually watched The Little Mermaid last night.
0: I watched it this morning.
1: Oh, nice, nice. See, <laughs> so you're fresh.
0: Fresh I, on
1: it. I watched ten minutes of it while I was on a treadmill the other day.
0: <laughs> so you didn't I watch I the, the you didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> no, I
1: saw it while I was at the gym, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I should watch that again." And then I didn't. So, oh wow! But well, I've you seen it so many times in my life. I think you I'm get good. it. It's you know
0: you know it. You know the story the, already.
1: The Little Mermaid was my sister's favorite fairy tale. Um, oh. Growing up. Or at least her favorite Disney movie and favorite Disney princess. So I watched The Little Mermaid a thousand times. I also, fun fact, had uh, like Hans Christian Andersen style stickers on my wall or maybe it was on my sister's wall for a long time. So I'm really, really familiar with this one. Also, I'm Danish. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the podcast. You've mentioned
0: it (laughs) once or twice.
1: (laughs) It's come up. that I'm Danish. So I'm just very, very familiar with the story. But it's always fun to read the actual one from Hans Christian Andersen. So I am reading The Little Mermaid. Um, I put together a few different versions from different books. I have a bunch of Hans Christian Andersen books. And I kind of went through each one to make sure they all kind of meshed. But I also cut out a lot. Mm -hmm. I cut out so much from this book. It was like 16 pages. And I think I got it down to like just under – 12 or just over what was all the stuff pages so all the stuff that i cut out um i I will summarize but it is very poetic in true hca fashion he waxes on and it's very pretty (laughs) and a lot of like descriptions so i cut a lot of shit out because it's very long
0: okay fantastic so if
1: you want to read it it's available online for free you could read it pretty much anywhere if you want to get All of it, but I'm just going to give you like mostly the important parts. Hit me. Because it's real long. (laughs) So let's do this. (laughs) The Little Mermaid. Far out in the ocean, the water is as blue as the petals of the loveliest cornflower and as clear as the purest glass, but it is very deep too. It goes down deeper than any anchor rope will go, and many, many steeples would have to be stacked one on top of the other to reach from the bottom to the surface of the sea. Mm. It is down there that the sea folk live. Now, don't suppose that there are only bare white sands at the bottom of the sea. No, indeed. The most marvelous trees and flowers grow down there, with Ooh. such pliant stalks and leaves. That the least stir in the water makes them move about as though they were alive. All sorts of fish, large and small, dart among the branches, just as birds flit through the trees up here. Oh my From gosh. the deepest spot in the ocean rises the palace of the Sea King. Its walls are made of coral and its high-pointed windows of the clearest amber. But the roof is made of mussel shells that open and shut with the tide. It is a wonderful sight to see for every shell holds glistening pearls any of which would be the pride of a queen's crown.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh, I love this description.
1: Hans Christian Andersen was a fantastic fucking writer. Just Absolutely. this whole story is gorgeous from start to finish.
0: Like the imagery of fish flitting through the tops of like undersea trees the way birds do. Mhm. Just oh, I love it. Yeah.
1: It's very pretty. The whole story is like this, and that's why I cut out so much of it. (laughs) So I hope that gives you an idea. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: (laughs) The sea king down there had been a widower for years, and his old mother kept house for him. She was a clever woman, but very proud of her noble birth. Therefore, she flaunted 12 oysters on her tail, while the other ladies of the court were only allowed to wear six. Except for this, she was an altogether praiseworthy person, particularly so because she was extremely fond of her granddaughters, the Little Sea Princesses.
0: Wow! Oh my gosh, there's more characters than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the love Little Mermaid that. has a grandmother. She has a grandmother, and she gets more decorations oh, yeah. than everybody. Absolutely. Does. Of She's course, she spacious. does. What a queen! <laughs> <laughs> She's an absolute queen. Just wait.
1: They were six lovely girls, but the youngest was the most beautiful of them all, as always. Of course As she all was. the youngest are. Mm-hmm. Her skin was as soft and tender as a rose petal, and her eyes were as blue as the deep blue sea. But like all the others, she had no feet. Her body ended in a fishtail. Each little princess had her own small garden plot, where she could dig and plant whatever she liked. The youngest was an unusual child,
0: quiet mm-hmm. and wistful, Like some bisexual disasters we know. Some sensitive artist types that may have written this story. (laughs) And while her sisters decorated their gardens with all kinds of odd
1: things they'd found in second ships, she would allow nothing in hers except flowers as red as the sun and as pretty as a marble statue.
0: That's so interesting. That's already like a huge difference like from the film to the... Mm -hmm. um, to the actual story is like it's her sisters yeah. that collect things that are found in sunken ships, and she mm-hmm. wants plants.
1: Except this marble statue of a oh. handsome boy. Oh, oh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> that she'll allow. But also, um, I cut out a lot of talk about the red flowers, but I kind of wonder if that's why they have her hair be bright red in the movie, mm-hmm. the Disney film. Because she's really obsessed with these red flowers. Because they remind her of the bright red sun. Gotcha. Okay. Nothing gave the youngest princess such pleasure as to hear about the world of human beings above them. When you get to be 15, her grandmother said, you will be allowed to rise up out of the ocean and sit on the rocks in the moonlight to watch the great ships sailing by. You will see woods and towns too.
0: Ooh, so she has to wait to be 15. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it's like a rite of passage to be able to go to the surface and mm-hmm. observe the humans. Okay, just, n- not like
0: totally forbidden, one hundred percent at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because in the movie, it's like you're not. No one, no one does that. No one's. Alone. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Next year, one of her sisters would be fifteen. But the others, well, since each was a whole year older than the next, the youngest still had five long years to wait until she could rise up from the water and see what our world was like. But each sister promised to tell the others about all that she saw and what she found most marvelous on her first day. Their grandmother had not told them half enough, and there were so many things that they longed to know about. Mm -hmm.
0: The eldest princess. What? This is cute. I'm just, I'm enjoying it. That's all.
1: Oh, it's adorable. I love it. I love the sisters. They play a much bigger role in this story. Mm-hmm. The eldest princess turned 15 and heard music and church bells. And the third sister swam up a river to see green hills, palaces, birds, and in a small cove, she found some human children. She wanted to play with them, but they took fright and ran away. And then the because little black she- dog <laughs> ran up and barked at her. So she swam back to the sea. The fourth sister had stayed closer to home. And she told them of the skies, ships from afar, and she saw some dolphins and whales. And finally, the fifth sister got to see the human world during the winter. So she saw huge icebergs, each glistening like a pearl, and saw some sailors that happened to see her too. Ooh. But when they became grown-up girls, who were allowed to go wherever they liked, they became indifferent to it. They would become homesick, and in a month, they said that there was no place like the bottom of the sea where they felt so completely at home.
0: Oh, this One kind of met- reminds me, it's like, uh, it's like Rumspringa. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, go <laughs> wherever you want, experience whatever you would like to experience, but eventually <laughs> most people go You're home. going to come back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Totally. On many an evening, the older sisters would rise to the surface, arm in arm, all five in a row. They had beautiful voices, more charming than those of any mortal beings. When a storm was brewing, they anticipated a shipwreck. They would swim before the ship and sing most seductively of how beautiful it was at the bottom of the ocean, trying to overcome the prejudice that sailors had against coming down to them. Oh, my God. But peop- Which is creepy as fuck. That's amazing. That's creepy as hell. Actual sirens. I love them. Yes. (laughs) But people could not understand their song and mistook it for the voice of the storm. Nor was it for them to see the glories of the deep. When their ship went down, they were drowned, and it was as dead man that they reached the sea king's palace. Okay. On the evenings when the mermaids rose through the water like this, arm in arm, their youngest sister stayed behind all alone, looking after them and wanting to weep. But a mermaid has no tears, and therefore she suffers so much more.
0: Wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That is such a traumatic thing to say.
1: We, We get into it. It gets real deep. Oh, how I wish I were 15, she said. I know I shall love that world up there and all the people who live in it. And at last, too, she came to be 15. The little mermaid swam right up to the window of the main cabin of a ship. And each time she rose with a swell, she could peep in through the clear glass panes of the crowd of brilliantly dressed people within the handsomest of them all was a young prince with big dark eyes. He could not be more than 16 years old. It was his <laughs> birthday. And that was the reason for all of the celebration Ooh. up on deck. The sailors were dancing and, And when the prince appeared among them, a hundred or more rockets flew through the air, making it as bright as day. These startled the little mermaid so badly that she ducked under the water. But she soon peeped up again, and then it seemed as if all the stars in the sky were falling around her. Never had she seen such fireworks. And oh, how handsome the young prince was. He laughed, and he smiled, and shook people by the hand, while the music rang out in the perfect evening. The Little Mermaid could not take her eyes off the handsome
0: prince. Ooh, of course not. Mm Mm-hmm. That was going to be another one of my predictions that I was toying with and decided not to go with, which is like, I don't, like, I can't remember. I didn't know if she actually met him on like a birthday cruise.
1: Yeah, she totally did. (laughs) But apparently he did. (laughs) It's, a lot of it is like very, very similar. All right, cool. Like, it's... Pretty true to the story, in my opinion. Now the ship began to sail. Lightning flashed in the distance, and they were in for a terrible storm. The tall ship pitched and rolled as it sped through the angry sea. The waves rose up like towering black mountains. To the Little Mermaid, this seemed good sport, but to the sailors, it was nothing of the sort. Now, the Little Mermaid saw that people were in peril and that she herself must take care to avoid the beams and wreckage tossed about by the sea. Uh One moment, it would be as black as pitch and she couldn't see a thing. Next moment, the lightning would flash so brightly that she could distinguish every soul on board. She watched closely for the young prince and when the ship split in two, she saw him sink into the sea. (gasps) At first, she was overjoyed that he would be with her. But then she recalled that human people could not live under the water, and he could only visit her father, pal- her father's palace, as a dead man. No, not ideal. He should not die. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> not my man. So she swam in among all the floating planks and beams, completely forgetting that they might crush her. She dived through the waves and rode their crests until, at length, she reached the young prince, who was no longer able to swim in that raging sea. Oh, he got His tired. Arms- I know his arms and legs were exhausted. His beautiful eyes were closing and he would have died if the little mermaid had not come to help him. She held his head above the water and let the waves take them wherever the waves went. At daybreak, when the storm was over, not a trace of the ship was in view. The sun rose out of the waters, bread and ripe, And it's, and its beams seemed to bring the glow of life back into the cheek of the prince but his eyes remained closed. The mermaid kissed his high and shapely forehead. Ooh, <laughs> a high,
0: shapely forehead. A shapely forehead. Ooh, sexy.
1: hmm As she stroked his wet hair in place, it seemed to her that he looked like the marble statue in her little garden. She kissed him again and hoped that he would live. So yeah, it's it's so much like the, the story, the Disney oh, movie. <laughs> the longing The the absolute pining. The
0: pining.
1: She swam to shore with the handsome prince and stretched him out on the sand, taking special care to pillow his head up high in the warm sunlight. The little mermaid swam away behind some tall rocks that stuck out of the water. She covered her hair and her shoulders with foam so that no one could see her tiny face, and then she watched to see who would find the poor prince. In a little while, a young girl came upon him. She seemed frightened, but only for a minute. Then she called more people. The little mermaid watched the prince regain consciousness and smiled at everyone around him. But he did not smile for her, for he did not even know that she had saved him. She felt very unhappy, and when they led him away to the big building, she dived sadly down into the water and returned to her father's palace.
0: Oh, it's okay, girl. Like... He was delirious and probably, like, a little hypothermic because he'd spent the night in stormy water, like.
1: Also, he has no idea what a mermaid is. <laughs> no idea. No, what I didn't And like, also, the ship split in two. Did anybody else survive?
0: He's just thinking it's a freaking miracle at that point. Uh-huh. Also, like, he is a prince. so He probably, like, thinks he is directly descended from God, so.
1: Probably. God saved him. He's probably a huge dick. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's just probably an asshole.
1: <laughs> and he's also 16 i just got i'm just saying it's true teenagers it's true, man teenagers, man. <laughs> sorry if you are a teenager but you are the worst you will get you will grow out
0: you'll of grow it. out of it <laughs> we did mm-hmm.
1: she had always been quiet and wistful and now she became much more so her sisters asked her what she had seen on her on her first visit up to the surface but she would not tell them a thing Many evenings and many mornings, she revisited the spot where she had left the prince. She saw the fruit in the garden ripen and harvested, and she saw the snow on the high mountain melted away, but she did not see the prince. So each time she came home sadder than she had left. It was her one consolation to sit in her little garden and throw her arms about the beautiful marble statue that looks so much like the prince.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. This is a very long timeline. Mm -hmm. like seasons have been passing yep big
1: big feelings (laughs)
0: yeah oh like the more the more the more the story goes on the more i'm just kind of like oh yeah this is absolutely a story about like pining after a boy
1: oh for sure big time but i also can see the other interpretation so you'll see that eventually Mm -hmm. finally she couldn't bear it any longer she told her secret to one of her sisters. Immediately, all of the other sisters heard about it. <laughs> no one else knew, except for a few more mermaids who told no one, except their most intimate <laughs> friends. <laughs> and one of these friends knew who the prince was. She, too, had seen the birthday celebration on the ship, and she knew where he came from and where oh. his kingdom was. And in perfect, mermaids are the ultimate hype friends fashion. I love they it. all said... Come, little sister. Arm in arm, they rose from the water in a long row, right in front of where they knew the prince's palace stood. This is so sweet.
0: Mermaids are hype girls. Yes, they are. Drunk girls in the bathroom (laughs) that are here to validate you. (laughs) Yes. I absolutely love
1: mermaids. They're the best. Perfect. So they're in front of the palace. It was built of pale, glistening golden stone with great marble staircases, one of which led down to the sea. Magnificent gilt domes rose above the roof and between the pillars all around the building were marble statues that looked most lifelike. Through the clear glass of the lofty windows, one could see into the splendid halls with their costly silk hangings and tapestries and walls covered with paintings that were delightful to behold. Now that she knew where he lived, Many an evening and many a night she spent there in the sea pining for that human D. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I added that last it's amazing. Yes, good rhyme. I like it.
1: <laughs> Increasingly she grew to like human beings, and more and more she longed to live among them. There was so much she wanted to know. Her sisters could not answer all of her questions, so she asked her old grandmother. Who knew all about the upper world, which was that she said was the right name for the countries above the sea? Did it's they like replace
0: the upper the, world with the wise grandmother with Scuttle the seagull? <laughs> Definitely.
1: <laughs> who doesn't really know, but like knows,
0: but like knows, kind of knows, like knows the same way like an archaeologist knows about <laughs> yeah <laughs> ancient civilizations <laughs> exactly.
1: If men... This is such a wild part. If men aren't drowned, the little mermaid asked, do they live forever? Don't they die as we do down here in the sea? Yes, the old lady said. They too must die, and their lifetimes are even shorter than ours. We can live to be 300 years old, but when we perish, we turn into mere foam on the sea and haven't even a grave down here among our dear ones. We've no immortal soul, no life hereafter, we are like the green seaweed, once cut down and never grows again. Human beings, on the contrary, have a soul which lives forever, long after their bodies turn to clay. It rises through the thin air up to the shining stars. Just Ooh. as we rise through the water to see the lands <laughs> on earth, so men rise to the beautiful places unknown which we shall never see.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. All right.
1: Why weren't we given an immortal soul? The Little Mermaid sadly asked. I would gladly give up my 300 years if I could be a human being only for a day and later share in that heavenly realm.
0: Ew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, here, all right. Well now we're getting to sort of the more overt Christian themes. Yep. Which, like, I'm trying. I'm trying to not knock it. Like, I... It's not my
1: thing for sure. Not my thing. So this is definitely a part, um, a a couple parts where I wrote in the notes, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. You must not think about that, said the old lady. We fare much more happily and are much better off than the folk up there. I mean, the thing is, I totally believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Under the sea. (laughs) So she basically replaces Flounder, Sebastian, and uh, the seagull. What was his name? Scuttle. Scuttle. (laughs) And the little mermaid says, then I must also die and float up as foam upon the sea, not hearing the music of the waves and seeing neither the beautiful flowers nor the red sun. Can't I do anything to win an immortal soul? No, her grandmother answered. (laughs) Not unless a human being loved you so much that you meant more to him than his father and mother. If, (laughs) if his every thought and his whole heart cleaved to you so that he would let a priest join his right hand to yours and would promise to be faithful here and throughout all eternity, then his soul would dwell in your body and you would share in the same happiness of mankind. He would give you a soul and yet keep his own. But that can never come to pass. The very thing that is your greatest beauty here in the sea, your fishtail, would be considered ugly on land. They have such poor taste,
0: which is true, <laughs> True,
1: <laughs> that to be thought beautiful there, you have to have two awkward props, which they call legs.
0: I mean, again, true. Absolutely. Legs are terrible.
1: The little mermaid sighed and looked unhappily at her fish tail.
0: <laughs> Can I I need to interject for real quick? Yes, please do. Just for a sec. Cuz that's, um, a, that's a lot. That's, that's That was a lot. That yeah. Yikes. I don't know. I I hate that part. I a lot of it. that is pretty yeah. well the thing is like as you're reading it, I like it as a metaphor for again kind of like as a metaphor for queerness and queer and queer love and like, especially, especially like at the, in that time period when like that wasn't, that wasn't like ex- allowed in an open way. I mean, it was like during, during that time period, like m- obviously like homosexuality has always existed and people have always been gay and they've always found ways to like express that Um, depending on sort of like what the, what the cultural norms of their society were at the time. But mm-hmm. I, I do like that, that as sort of a metaphor for your love, you could be valid if he loved you enough to forsake his parents and his society mm-hmm. and every, and everything else that usually enforces certain rules upon you. Yeah. And if he could love you enough, then then you could be like valid and real and get like an immortal soul. And I I don't know. I like, love hmm. that you bring that up because
1: literally the next part, the old lady says, "Come, let us be gay." <laughs> And my notes say, yes, queen. And then it also says, wait, is Hans Christian Andersen saying he thinks gay people don't have souls? Because that's definitely like the metaphor that
0: I'm getting here. I don't like, I don't think that's exactly it. I just, I just think that like, and I would need like, we like, obviously you and I are not like scholars about Christianity (laughs) during the Victorian period (laughs) and how like people thought about gay people, but but like if, if it's if it's any if like our current climate um with like very religious people is anything to go off of, yeah, then like then yeah, maybe not. like that might be that might be sort of more what the thought was at the time and something that he was grappling with.
1: I don't know, I love that though that's very much in line what I was thinking mm-hmm. with this whole metaphor, yeah. Or I don't know, just kind of analyzing the story. I don't really love analyzing stories that much. I really try to just take them and enjoy them. But this obviously like knowing enough about Hans Christian Andersen and how he was feeling at the time and who
0: he was pining after.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's
0: It makes it so interesting. It does. It adds it adds another layer. It does. Absolutely. To what the story means. Yeah. No, I, I, li- I like it. So that's, I don't know. That's very interesting. <laughs> Well,
1: come, let us be gay, the old lady said, which I love. Let us leap and I mean, obviously it's meant to be like you know, let's gay,
0: happy let's, party but,
1: like but also let's just be gay. Let's, let's be gay. <laughs> let
0: us be gay, everyone. Let us, be gay, let us all be gay.
1: <laughs> let us leap and bound throughout the 300 years that we have to live. Surely that is time and to spare. And afterwards, we shall be glad enough to rest in our graves. We are holding a corp ball this evening. So there's a big party coming up. Excellent. And this is a much more glorious affair than is ever to be seen on earth. I don't Ooh. know. I feel like I love the idea like that mermaids are like a metaphor for queer folk. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. also well, like it, it immediately goes into like they're having a big party and like celebrating their
0: 300 years. I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. the way like the ways in which they're in which they're different and will live life differently and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just I, a just a thought. I
1: too lo- <laughs> I too
0: love mer- mermaids as a potential metaphor for gay people.
1: <laughs> the little mermaid sang more sweetly than anyone else and everyone applauded her. For a moment her heart was happy because she knew she had the loveliest voice of all in the sea or on the land. But her thoughts soon strayed to the world above. She could not forget the charming prince, nor her sorrow that she did not have an immortal soul like his. Therefore, she stole out of her father's palace, and while everything there was song and gladness, she sadly sat in her little garden. Then she heard a bugle call through the water, and she thought, that must mean he is sailing up there. He whom I love more than my father or mother. He whom I'm always thinking and in whose hands I would so willingly trust my lifelong happiness. I dare do anything to win him and gain an immortal soul. While my sisters are dancing here in my father's palace, I shall visit the sea witch of whom I have always been so afraid. Perhaps she will be able to advise me and help me.
0: Yeah, she will.
1: Enter the sea witch, which I couldn't cut almost any of this out because it's just so great.
0: Excellent. (laughs) Keep going.
1: The little mermaid set out from her garden towards the whirlpools that raged in front of the witch's dwelling. She had never gone that way before. No flowers grew there, nor any seaweed. Barren gray, the sands extended to the whirlpools, where like roaring millweeds, the waters whirled and snatched everything within their reach to the bottom of the sea. Between these tumultuous whirlpools, she had to thread her way to reach the witch's waters. This is cool. And then for a long stretch, the only trail lay through a hot seething mire, which the witch called her peat marsh.
0: Nice. Nice, nice, nice. This is so cool. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. The description of this is like... Good imagery. Incredible. Beyond her house... Oh, by the way, this is basically um, the ocean version of Baba Yaga. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Okay.
1: Beyond it, her house lay in the middle of a weird forest, which I love weird forest. Weird I love that he forest. used the word weird for that. Yeah. Where all the trees and shrubs were polyps, half animal and half plant. Ooh. Another thing that Disney yes. did. They looked like hundred-headed snakes growing out of the soil. All of their branches were long, slimy arms with fingers like wriggling worms. They squirmed joint by joint from their roots to their outermost tentacles, and whatever they could lay hold of, they twined around and never let go. The little mermaid was terrified, but thought of the prince and summoned her courage. She bound her long flowing locks closely about her head so that the polyps could not catch a hold of them, Mm -hmm. folded her arms across her breast and darted through the water. She saw that every one of them held something that had caught with its hundreds of little tentacles and to which it clung as with strong hoops of steel. The white bones of men who had perished at sea and sunk into the depths could be seen in the polyp's arms. Ships' rudders and seamen's chests and skeletons of land animals had also fallen into their clutches. But the most ghastly sight of all was the little mermaid who they had caught and strangled. Oh!
0: shit that's so gnarly (laughs) it's so spooky
1: this is a bad place it is a
0: it is you shouldn't be
1: here (laughs) (laughs) i also have some cool artwork from one of my older books um that i'll post to the instagram of this part to see it oh my god (laughs) she reached a large muddy clearing in the forest where big fat water snakes slithered about showing their foul yellowish bellies In the middle of this clearing was a house built of the bones of shipwrecked men. Fuck yes. And there sat the sea witch, letting a toad eat out of her mouth, just as we might feed sugar to a little canary bird. She called the ugly fat water snakes her little chickabitties and let them crawl and sprawl about her spongy
0: bosom. Oh my god. Uh (laughs) Ah. Looking Ursula, baby, hell yeah! <laughs> Calling Flotsam and Jetsam her poopsies—it's <laughs> so good, amazing. Yes,
1: I love that her house is built from bones. Like, yeah, yes, that's of, so like great. drowned
0: sailors. I think hell yes.
1: Incredible. I want more artwork of this.
0: Yes, absolutely,
1: because she does. She sounds. He sounds like he got this straight from folk Tales from Baba Yaga. Yeah. I know exactly what you want, said the sea witch. It is very foolish of you, but just the same. You shall have your way, for it will bring you grief, my proud princess.
0: (laughs) I love that she's just like,
1: yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Because I
0: hate you. (laughs) Yeah. I I hate everything about your whole deal. And this this will make you miserable. So I am going to do this for you. (laughs) Again, the
1: best part of The Little Mermaid in the original book is also the sea witch. Yeah.
0: Yep. The sea witch is the best part of any Little Mermaid retelling. Yep. Absolutely.
1: You want to get rid of your fishtail and have two props instead so that you can walk about like a human creature (laughs) and have the young prince fall in love with you and win him like an immortal soul besides... At this, the witch gave such a loud cackling laugh that the toad and snakes were shaken to the ground where they lay writhing.
0: <laughs> also, there's a toad at the bottom of the sea. hmm oh, I love toads. Toads I have mean, to be in tales. Me too. Tales. But also, wow, this toad is holding its breath for a while. Maybe it's dead. Yeah, I don't know. It's a sea toad. <laughs> it's a sea toad, whatever.
1: Uh, wait, it's what a is a magic. witch without a toad?
0: <laughs> magic.
1: i shall compound you a potion said the witch and before sunrise you must swim to the shore with it sit yourself on dry land and drink it down then your tail will divide and shrink until it becomes what the people on earth call a pair of shapely legs
0: a pair oh (laughs) yes make sure to include the word shapely in there (laughs) i'm gonna give you hot legs
1: Ah, yeah she is (laughs) but it will hurt It will feel as if a sharp sword slashed through you. Everyone who sees you will say that you are the most graceful human being that they've ever laid eyes on. But every step you take will feel as if you were treading upon knife blades so sharp that blood must flow. I'm willing to help you, but are you willing to suffer all this?
0: Yes. Yes,
1: the the little mermaid said in a trembling voice. As she thought of the prince and of gaining a human soul.
0: No, go back to the mer people. Be three, live to three hundred, become sea foam. It's fine.
1: They add like she cares so much suddenly about gaining a human soul, and she has just heard of it. Like she had just discovered this thing about a soul that she doesn't really know what it is because no one does. Yeah, and yet now she's obsessed. She with desperately like, wants it. one. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Don't
0: love that. <laughs> I Don't love it. But um, I did know. I did know. I did know about the like the walking on needles and feeling like a. Yeah, like she's walking on knives. Yeah, like feeling like you're walking on knives. Like I did know about that.
1: If it really felt like that, she wouldn't be walking as much as she does. I'm just saying.
0: Absolutely not.
1: No. Nope. But I feel like again, that's probably Anderson's like being Get me really, a wheelchair. really dramatic. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like the being in that being in this person's presence is going to feel like you're walking on a thousand knives. Like. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
1: Anyway. Remember said the witch, once you have taken a human form, you can never be a mermaid again. You can never come back through the waters to your sisters or to your father's palace. And if you do not win the love of the prince so completely that for your sake, he forgets his father and mother cleaves to you with every thought and his whole heart and lets the priest join your hands in marriage. Yay. Then you will win no immortal soul. <laughs> <laughs> if he marries someone else, your heart will break the very next morning and you will become foam of the sea. I shall take the risk, said the no, little maid. No, no boy is worth it. As pale as death. <laughs> I agree. Also, I don't love the whole like, he he loves you more than your than his mother or father. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. Just uh, I don't like any of it.
0: <laughs> I don't like like I because I'm in, in my, I'm in such two different places with it. Like on one hand, like taking this taking the story straightforwardly as the story of a girl who is throwing it all away for a boy, like throwing mm-hmm. her entire life away for a boy. I hate it yeah as the story of a of it being a metaphor for hans for Hans's like forbidden love with this guy that doesn't love him back, and that for him to love him back would require sort of forsaking his own community mm-hmm. um, I like it better, <laughs> that's true, yeah. Like I'm but I'm but I but I keep flipping back and forth over how I'm interpreting the story. Because on one hand, it's a very straightforward story about a mermaid who wants to marry a boy and she's willing <laughs> to throw it all away. And then the under the the subtext is like forbidden love.
1: Yeah, that makes like, it, it it hits different.
0: It does. It like forbidden different. love for which extreme constant pain might be worth it. Yep. In what? a, in a metaphorical sense, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I keep, I keep flipping back and forth. And-
1: <laughs> the gaining the human soul is what gets to me the most. I don't mm. know. It's just, it's, it's at that point, it seems like something different. Like you're not really doing it for love. You're doing it to get a s- human soul,
0: which I don't know. Just- yeah. It's so deep. I do. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to think. I'm d- I don't know what to think of the immortal soul bit. Like I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no reference point.
1: Well, the witch isn't going to do all this for nothing. Of course so not. She so she says also you will have to pay me. And it is no oh, trifling boy, price that souls. I'm asking. You have the sweetest voice of anyone down here at the bottom of the sea. And while I don't doubt that you would like to captivate the prince with it, you must give this voice to me. <laughs> I will take the very best thing that you have in return. I must pour my own blood in it to make the drink as sharp as a two-edged sword. But if you take my voice, the little mermaid said, what will be left to me? You'll have your looks. you pretty, pretty face. face. And don't underestimate the... the don't underestimate
0: the power of body, body language. language.
1: <laughs> she basically says that. Okay. <laughs> With Does these, she say you the can...
0: men up there don't like a lot of blabber?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't. But, I mean, she's probably not wrong. <laughs> With these, you can easily enchant a human heart. Well, have you lost your courage? Stick out your little tongue and I shall cut it off. I'll have my price and you shall have
0: the potion. Jesus. Oh, I forgot that it was because she cut her tongue out.
1: Yeah. It's not like a magic spell. She cuts
0: her tongue out.
1: She fucking cuts it right out. Oh, So not even, like, does she just lose her voice and can't speak, but she's also mutilated.
0: Yeah. Like, how do you eat with no tongue? Like... (laughs) That's a good question like I mean you know just kind of the mechanics of it of trying to imagine not being able to move food around your mouth using your tongue right like Oof. you put you put food in like the empty cavity of your mouth socket and tr- and like have to <laughs> angle like have to like swish your have to swish your head around to get it into your teeth and then like knock it back once you're done like I'm thinking about it too much.
1: I mean, it sounds really awful, and also, it does sound if, awful. if you take, it feels like knives. I mean, this deal it's doesn't not worth it. And also, you're banking on the fact that somebody's going to fall in love with you. I feel like that's just <laughs> it's just a bad idea. Just a bad idea. Ooh. Uh. <sighs> the witch hung her cauldron over the flames to brew the potion. Cleanliness is a good thing, she said, as she tied her snakes in a knot and scoured the pot with them. Which I really like. (laughs) (laughs) Then she pricked herself in the chest and let her black blood splash into the cauldron. Spooky. Steam whirled up from it in such ghastly shapes that anyone would have been terrified by them. The witch constantly threw new ingredients into the cauldron and it started to boil. When the potion was ready at last, it looked as clear as the purest water. Which, I mean, which doesn't look like anything because you're in the ocean and you're already in a bunch of water.
0: You're already surrounded by water. So it's just... (laughs) Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's your potion, said
1: the witch, and she cut off the tongue of the little mermaid, who now Ugh. could neither sing nor talk. Ugh. If the polyps should pounce on you when you walk back through my wood, the witch said, just spill a drop of this brew upon them and their tentacles will break into a thousand pieces. But there was no need of that, for the polyps curled up in terror as soon as they saw the bright potion. <laughs> They glittered in the Little Mermaid's hands as if they were a shining star. So she soon traversed the forest, the marsh, and the place of the raging whirlpools. She could see her father's palace. Her heart felt as if it would break with grief. She tiptoed into the garden, took one flower from each of her little sister's plots, blew a thousand kisses towards the palace, then mounted up through the dark blue sea.
0: Oh, this is so sad. It's very what a sad, sad story. What how, very appropriate for a fairy tale fix winter holiday <laughs> story. It just gets sadder. Because it's just, <laughs> it's breaking my heart.
1: It gets so much sadder. Oh. The sun had not yet risen when she saw the prince's palace. As she climbed his splendid marble staircase, the moon was shining clear. The little mermaid swallowed the bitter, fiery potion. And it was as if a two-edged sword stuck through her frail body. Aww. She swooned oh. away and lay there as if she were dead. Yeah, when the sun from rose the pain. over the sea. <laughs> mm-hmm. When the sun rose over the sea, she awoke and felt a flash of pain. But directly in front of her stood the handsome young prince gazing at her with his cold black eyes. Which I think cold black eyes is interesting for the prince.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, definitely. A choice, <laughs> different.
1: <laughs> you know, well, I don't know. Maybe um, it's very specific. That's all. I'm wondering what color. Maybe eyes did Edward uh, uh,
0: Edward Collin mm-hmm. probably had like very dark eyes. Right.
1: Lowering her gaze, she saw that her fishtail was gone, and that she had the loveliest pair of white legs any young maiden could hope to have.
0: <laughs> I just uh, sorry. I just realized. Um, I think I said. I said Edward Cullen. I meant Edvard Cullen.
1: I think you said Edvard Cullen, but when you said that, I was thinking Edward Cullen and I was
0: like, wow, with cold black eyes. With cold black eyes. Sounds right. about right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Now I'm wondering, I just don't think Stephanie Meyer was that smart. Um
1: Oh, right. So I don't think
0: it was actually named that. But never mind. Anyway, sorry.
1: (laughs) I know. I heard the same thing. I was like, is that the vampire (laughs) from Twilight? (laughs) Okay, go on. But she was naked. So she clothed herself in her own long hair.
0: (laughs) Oh, so very like Venus, like the Venus painting. Like where Aphrodite coming out of the sea.
1: Yep. Which, by the way, uh, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie is when she's wearing that big like burlap sack and she's like, (laughs) she's like, I don't know, moving all around like she feels so sexy. I feel like that's really Yeah, like she's
0: piling her hair on top of her head and like posing (laughs) in this like dress made out of sail cloth. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Like she's so
0: confident. Yeah, I love that for her.
1: I do think that part's really funny.
0: Very cute,
1: the prince asked who she was and how she came to be there. Her deep blue eyes looked at him tenderly, but very sadly, for she could Aww. not speak. Then he took her hand and led her into his palace. Every footstep felt as if she were walking on blades and points of sharp knives, just as the witch had foretold, but she gladly endured it, which <laughs> Ugh no She moved as lightly as a bubble, and she walked beside the prince. Once clad in the rich silk garments that were provided for her, she was the loveliest person in all of the palace. She could neither sing nor speak, but beautiful servants attired in silken cloth of gold came to sing before the prince and his royal parents. One of them sang more sweetly than all the others, and when the prince smiled at her and clapped his hands, the little mermaid felt very unhappy. Yeah, for She knew course. that she herself could sing better. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is really funny. She does get, like, really bummed about
0: it. It's like, oh, if he likes singing so much. She's like, oh, m- m- oh I- me. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it so much better. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: if only he knew that I parted with my voice forever so that I could be near him. It's also... S- she also has a lot of feelings of like, I gave up all this stuff, and he doesn't even know it, which I think is a little bit toxic, but yeah, that'll become a little bit clearer later, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I see what you mean.
1: Yeah. Graceful servants now began to dance to the most wonderful music, and then the little mermaid lifted her shapely white arms rose up to the tips of her toes and skimmed over the floor. No one had ever danced so well. Each movement set off her beauty to better and better advantage and her eyes spoke more directly to the heart than any of the singing servants could do. So I guess she thinks she's better than the servants.
0: (laughs) A little snotty, the mermaid. Yeah. (laughs) I guess she is a princess though, you know?
1: I guess, yeah.
0: Makes sense. She charmed
1: everyone and especially... called her his dear little foundling. She danced time and time again, though every time she touched the floor, it felt as if she were treading on a sharp-edged steel. The prince said he would keep her with him always and that she was to have a velvet pillow to sleep on outside his door. Oh. I understand that sentence very well, but it sounds oh. like you're like, Oh, you looking- like a dog. Yeah. Outside your door, I don't. I like
0: don't. A, think of that. But um, like a, yeah. oh no. That's I don't. Cool. Okay, so he's definitely not thinking of her as a romantic prospect, then. Yeah, because he's calling her like a little foundling, mm-hmm. which is practically calling her like a weird orphan child that I found. Yeah, and he's, he's he she's a curiosity and a pet, not yep. a like actual person yeah
1: he this is the part you mentioned earlier um he had a pages suit made for her so that she could go with him on horseback and they would ride through the sweet scented woods where the green boughs brushed her
0: shoulders and where the little birds sang among the fluttering leaves oh that's cool i'm i'm happy for her to get the experience of going and seeing the upper world
1: Yes, I think I cut some out right here, but basically it's like a montage of their friendship and like sh- they just become really, really close and she gets to explore the world and she really loves it. Okay. Which is wonderful. So she's she's really getting like the human experience and she she's just the happiest she's ever been, which is also in the Disney movie where she's like, you know, in the carriage and she, you know, like whips the horse or whatever and makes them yeah. ride faster. So I do love that. Um I I like that part. I think that's really sweet.
0: I do love that it spends time on their, like, her relationship to him and, Mm -hmm. yeah, that they actually spend a lot of time together.
1: Yeah. They are inseparable. They're besties, basically.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, just as a metaphor for, like, Hans feeling like he was really Mm -hmm. close with this other boy.
1: Yeah. And it's romantic one way and not the other. Unrequited love is just... (sighs) oh. It's hard. It's so it hard. Is. Not that I would know, because
0: no, I'm just kidding. it's always <laughs> requited for you.
1: <laughs> I'm totally kidding. That is not true. But um, it's rough for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I don't know why I made the joke. Anyway,
0: so funny. I love you so much. <laughs>
1: I know, right? See? <laughs> at home in the prince's palace, while the others slept at night, she would go down the broad marble steps to cool her burning feet in the cold sea seawater. Then she would recall those who lived beneath the sea. This is my favorite part. One night, her sisters came by arm in oh. arm, singing sadly as they breasted the waves. Oh. When she held out her hands toward them, they knew who she was. And they told her how unhappy she had made them all. Yeah, <laughs> which good sisters have to even you good sometimes?
0: <sighs> bitch! Bitch! You didn't even say goodbye. What are you doing? Come on! Don't it's also it's the job of your sisters to tell you when it's like for him.
1: Yeah, for that guy. For are that you kidding? Guy? Although I do also love it. As soon as they were like, what, you like this guy? They immediately found out where he lived and then uh-huh. took her to him, which is very yeah, cute. Very cute. Mermaids, I just, I love them so much. I love it. They came to see her every night after that. And once far, far out to sea, she saw her old grandmother, who had not been up to the surface in many a year. With her was the sea king, with his crown upon his head. Oh,
0: dad finally shows up.
1: They stretched out their hands to her, but they did not venture so near the land as her sisters had. And it's just that's like really all they say about the king. Like he is not in it very much. And Absentee I wrote in my notes, "Fuck this little bitch for leaving her family yeah. for a piece of hot princess." Because <laughs> it makes me so sad. Like they all come up and they're like what did you do they just they miss her so much and it makes that that's like the saddest part of the story to me oh
0: god it's heartbreaking Mm, like leaving that she left her entire family behind her entire community her entire like way of being for someone who doesn't
1: love her i don't know that just part really bothers me
0: yeah oh it's so sad it's very sad
1: Because they love her so much. They do.
0: Her sisters love her. They love
1: her so much. That's breaking my heart, Hans. (laughs) So day after day, she became more dear to the prince, who loved her as one would love a good little child, but he never thought of making her his queen. Yet she had to be his wife or she would never have an immortal soul. And on the morning after his wedding, she would turn to foam on the waves. But he, Don't you love me best of all? The little mermaid's eyes seemed to question him when he took her in his arms and kissed her lovely forehead.
0: Oh, oh this oh my god, it hurts. It hurts, it hurts, it hurts. The oh my god, like getting getting a kiss but it's not the kind of kiss that you want because mm-hmm. this person doesn't feel about you like that. Like it's just
1: Yeah, Hans oh. fucking knew it. Absolutely oh. like experienced this 100%. Yes, you are most dear to me, said the prince, for you have the kindest heart. You love me more than anyone else does, and you look so much. I hate this. And you look so much like a young girl I once saw, but shall never find again. I was on a she ship that was wrecked. She looks exactly <laughs> like her. It's weird. You look like this girl that saved me from a shipwreck? Maybe it's the same girl. <sighs>
0: Go on, sorry.
1: And anyway, now he talks about how the waves uh casted him ashore near a temple where young girls found him, and he just basically recounts the day that he was saved by her. And he says, Though I saw her no more than twice, she is the only person in all the world whom I could love. But you are so much like her that you are almost that you almost replace the memory of her in my heart. She belongs to that holy temple. Therefore it is my good fortune that I have you. We shall never part. Alas, he doesn't know it was I who saved his life the little mermaid thought, probably like so frustrated.
0: If just- if it looks like her. <laughs> don't you think? I think Abby's like shaking with rage I, or
1: that's the screen's really fuzzy but it looks like you're just like
0: Ah yeah, I am like I'm just shaking, shaking my hands up. Like, God damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. I know how it ends. I just want it to work out. Like, <laughs>
1: oh, I don't know. That's not my fix for it, but we'll talk oh, about no. that later. Okay.
0: All right. Go on.
1: <laughs> I think you can guess my fix as soon as you hear a certain part. Anyway. Alas, he doesn't know it was I who saved his life. The little mermaid thought. I carried him over the sea guard where the temple stands. I hid behind the foam and watched to see if anyone would come. I saw the pretty maid he loves better than me. <laughs> Asaya was the only sign of her deep distress, for a mermaid cannot cry. He Ooh, says even on the-
0: land, she can't cry. Like, she's, yeah, still, she's still, she's like a mermaid. She's not a, her, she's a human She's still a mermaid
1: girl. in her heart, I guess. She, just, so she doesn't have, like, an immortal soul, either. Oh, so she can't cry? She's like, yeah. She still can't cry, which to Hans Christian Andersen is
0: worse. Yeah.
1: He says that the other maid belongs to the holy temple. She will never come out into the world, so they will never see each other again. It is I who will care for him, love him, and give all my life to him. Now, rumors arose that the prince was to wed a beautiful daughter of a neighboring king, and -hmm. that it was for this reason he was having such superb ship made ready to sail. The rumor ran that the prince's real interest in visiting the neighboring kingdom was to see the king's daughter, that he was to travel with a lordly retinue.
0: hmm
1: The little mermaid, to make sure she's not an uggo. I don't know, um, I just
0: like... <laughs> you don't want to get uh Anne of Cleaved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, Everyone you know, fairy do you know tales that story? Wait, what? So uh, when Henry the Eighth was... Like getting ready to marry yet again. He's the he's the English king that cut yeah. all of his, you know, wives' heads off, et cetera. Yes. Slash definitely. created the concept of divorce within Christianity. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, th- England was a Catholic country until Henry VIII wanted to divorce his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, so Can that he could marry his mistress, <laughs> Anne Boleyn. Well, he hadn't killed anybody yet. Oh, he wanted okay. to marry Anne Boleyn, um, and the Pope would not grant him a divorce, and so England, oh. se- England seceded from the Catholic Church and created their own church, of which what? the king I mean- is the head of is the head of the church, and so he pronounced himself divorced oh. from Catherine and married Anne Boleyn. Anyway, later, after <laughs> Anne Boleyn's dead and he's already married and married another lady, and she died, he yeah. got a portrait of Anne of Cleves. I think it's Anne of Cleves.
1: The he got he got like a an old school nude.
0: <laughs> yeah, he got like a portrait. Because like it was customary it was customary to exchange portraits. Of- how long
1: how long like tinder would take in the in those times
0: <laughs> you have to yes, exactly. Whole, it's whole like exactly t- t- it's like tinder <laughs> and then it's mail like it tinder off. but like it takes weeks before you can actually see someone's picture and <laughs> she was painted way hotter in her picture than she actually was so <laughs> yes, that when she arrived <laughs> exactly but you photoshop you photoshop yourself and then you, you actually show up with the good pictures <laughs> yeah Exactly. <laughs> so he was actually very disappointed with her looks um, when he actually met her in person. Uh, oh, anyway, anyway. sorry. That's a that's a total tangent, but yes. No,
1: I missed it. That's so funny. I love that. So the that. prince
0: wants to make sure he's not being Anne of Cleaved.
1: Definitely. <laughs> Everyone in fairy tales is very shallow. I mean, I guess I would be the same way probably. Like, I want to see first <laughs> who is this person, but... It's just a nice way of saying it, I guess.
0: Okay, so he wants to see the king's daughter.
1: Yes, to see the king's daughter. His real interest in visiting, which you know what—I'm being very Fine. judgmental. That's fair. That's fair. That's you want to. You
0: want to. You want to lay eyeballs on the person who you're going to marry. That's that's fair.
1: Yep. Well, the Little Mermaid shook her head and smiled, for she knew the prince's thoughts far better than anyone else did. I'm forced to make this journey, he told her.
0: I must visit the beautiful princess. Oh, no. I have to go see the beautiful princess. This is my
1: parents' wish. But they would not have me bring her home as my bride against my own will, and I can never love her. She does not resemble the lovely maiden in the temple as you do. Not like you. (laughs) It's really weird. You remind me so much of her.
0: You look like her exactly.
1: Which is also very true to the Disney
0: version of the movie, yes. He says pretty much exactly the same thing,
1: yeah, because the Ursula per, like, oh, but she uses the voice, not like the way she looks instead,
0: yeah. he he recognizes the voice more than he recognizes, but the that's face. a really
1: cl- that's a such a clever way that Disney added this part into the story, I think it makes it make more sense. Yeah, for sure.
0: That he fell in love with the voice and not necessarily with the face. So even though she resembles that person, she can't speak, which means mm-hmm. she couldn't possibly be her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. So anyway.
1: And, and also, I hate the prince for this because he's just very much stringing her along. And if I were to choose a bride, says the prince. I would sooner choose you, my dear mute foundling, with those telling eyes of yours. And he oh, kissed wow. her on the mouth, oh, fingered geez. her long hair, and laid his head and laid his head against her heart, so that she came to dream of mortal happiness and an immortal soul. He so she kissed just kind her of bringing her along, yeah. So, like, I love you,
0: asshole.
1: Yeah, not a fan. I trust you aren't afraid of the sea, my silent child, he said, as they went on board of the magnificent vessel that was to carry them to the land of the neighboring king. And he told her stories of storms, of ships becalmed, and of strange deep-sea fish, and of the wonders that divers had seen. She smiled at such stories, for no one knew about the bottom of the sea as well as she did. Mansplaining
0: the ocean <laughs> Mansplaining <to> me.
1: <laughs> the sea to a mermaid. <laughs> I love that. Of course, he would be mansplaining the sea to a mermaid.
0: Naturally, I mean, she, she
1: literally can't tell him. Yeah, it's so not
0: he doesn't know that she's a mermaid. But still. I guess it's
1: technically not mansplaining.
0: Technically not. He there was. There's no way for him to know that she already knows. It's it's not a situation where like a woman has a doctorate in the in. The subject yeah. that she is being educated on, quote, unquote.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny. It is Which funny. is obviously why it's in the story. Anyway. In the clear moonlight, when everyone except the man at the helm was asleep, she sat on the side of the ship, gazing down through the transparent water and through the transparent water and fancy that she could catch glimpses of her father's palace. On the topmost tower stood her old grandmother, wearing her silver crown and looking up at the keel of the ship through the rushing waves. Mm -hmm. Then her sisters rose to the surface, looked at her sadly, and wrung their white hands. She smiled and waved, trying to let them know that all was well and that she was happy.
0: Oh, she's lying. She's
1: so sad. Mm -hmm. But along came the cabin boy, and her sisters dived out of sight so quickly that the boy supposed the flash of white he had seen was merely foam on the sea. Next morning, the ship came into the harbor of the neighboring king's glorious city. The Little Mermaid was so curious to see how beautiful this princess was. (laughs) Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. see. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) And she had to grant that a more exquisite figure she had never seen. So she was pretty. (laughs) It's pretty hot. The princess... The princess's skin was clean and fair, and behind her long, dark lashes, her deep blue eyes were smiling and devoted. Aww. It was you, the prince cried, because he's an idiot. He's so You're dumb. the one who saved me when I, da- when I lay like a dead man beside the sea. And she doesn't say anything either. He clasped the blushing bride of his choice in his arms. Oh, I'm happier than a man should be, he told his little mermaid. The Little Mermaid kissed his hands and felt that her heart was beginning to break, for the morning after his wedding day would see her dead and turn to watery foam. All the church bells rang out, and heralds rode through the streets to announce the wedding. The priests swung their censers, and the bride and bridegroom joined their hands, and the bishop blessed their marriage. The Little Mermaid, clothed in silk and cloth of gold, held the bride's train, Which I also really hate. Yeah. But she was deaf to the wedding march and blind to the holy ritual. Her thoughts turned to her last night upon earth and on all that she had lost in the world. That same evening, the bride and bridegroom went aboard the ship. Cannon thundered and banners waved. All nightfall, brightly colored lanterns were lighted and the mariners merrily danced on the deck. The little mermaid could not forget the first time she rose from the depths of the sea and looked upon with such pomp and happiness. Mm. She joined the dance and her tender feet felt as if they were pierced by daggers, but she did not feel it. Her heart suffered far greater pain. She knew that this was the last evening that she would ever see him for whom she had forsaken her home and her family and for whom she had sacrificed her lovely voice and suffered such constant torment while he knew nothing of all
0: these things. Which really isn't his fault, but yeah, that does fucking suck. (laughs) It does fucking suck. Like, it just just straight up sucks. Yeah.
1: The merrymaking lasted long after midnight, yet she laughed and danced on, despite the thought of death she carried in her heart. The prince kissed his beautiful bride and she toyed with his coal black hair. Hand in hand, they went to rest in the magnificent pavilion. A hush came over the ship. Only the helmsman remained on deck as the little mermaid leaned her white arms over the bulwarks and looked to the east to see the first red hint of daybreak, for she knew that the first flash of the sun would strike her dead. Then she saw her sisters rise up among the waves. They were as pale as she, and there was no sign of their lovely long hair that the breezes used to flow. It had all been cut off.
0: Oh, what?
1: We have given our hair to the witch, they said, so that she would send you help and save you from death tonight. Because they're the ultimate hype girls. girls. so good. They love her so much. <laughs> the sea witch gave us a knife. Before sunrise, you must strike it into the prince's heart. And when his warm blood bathes your feet, they will grow together and become a fishtail. And then you will be a mermaid again, able to come back to us in the sea and live out your 300 years before you die and turn into dead salt sea foam. Make haste. He or you must die before sunrise. Our old grandmother is so grief stricken that her white hair is falling fast, just as our did under the witch's scissors. Oh. Kill the prince and come back to us! Hurry, hurry! So saying, they gave a strange, deep sigh and sank beneath the waves.
0: Oh. Do it! Kill him! <laughs> can you guess my fix? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> <Ma-ha-ha-ha-ha>.
1: Ma-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> The little mermaid parted the purple curtains of the tent and saw the beautiful bride asleep with her head on the prince's breast. The mermaids bent down and kissed his shapely forehead. I don't know why a shapely forehead makes me
0: laugh. I think Hans loved himself a, a nice forehead.
1: Yeah, he did.
0: That's the second mention of the forehead being very shapely.
1: You know, Danish people have very big foreheads. I do too. We call it our five head. Five head? Why five head? <laughs> Because instead of four, it's five heads. Five heads. Okay, <laughs> it's really dumb. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> Us Danes have big foreheads, though. <laughs> the little mermaid looked at the sky, fast reddening for the break of day. She looked at the sharp knife and again turned her eyes toward the prince, who, in his sleep, murmured the name of his bride. His thoughts were all for her, and the knife blade trembled in the mermaid's hand. But then she flung it from her, far out over the waves. Where it fell, the waves were red as if bubbles of blood seethed in the water.
0: Yeah.
1: With eyes already glazing, she looked at once more upon the prince and then hurled herself over the bulwarks to the sea and felt her body dissolve in foam. The sun rose up from the waters. Its beams fell, warm and kindly, upon the chill sea foam, and the little mermaid did not feel the hand of death. In the bright sunlight overhead, she saw hundreds of fair, ethereal beings— They were so transparent that through them, she could see the ship's white sails and the red clouds in the sky. Their voices were sheer music, but so spirit-like that no human ear could detect the sound. Without wings, they floated as light as the air itself. The Little Mermaid discovered that she was shaped like them and that she was gradually rising up out of the foam. Ooh. Who are you? She asked, and her voice sounded like those above her, so spiritual that no music on earth could match it and this is how i imagine them sounding we are the daughters of the air they (laughs) 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 answered i'm not gonna say the whole line like that but that's how i imagine them a mermaid has no immortal soul and can never get one unless she wins the love of a human being her eternal life must depend on a power outside herself The daughters of the air do not have an immortal soul either, but they can earn one by their good deeds. (laughs) We fly to the south where the hot, poisonous air kills human beings unless we cool the breezes. We carry the scent of flowers through the air, bringing freshness and healing balm wherever we go. Hmm. When for three hundred years we have tried to do all the good that we can, we are given an immortal soul and can share mankind's eternal bliss. You, poor little mermaid, have tried with your whore, your whole heart to do this. Your whole heart. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> and that's not wrong. You're suffering. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Start <Stirred> over. <laughs> This part's really hard. When for 300 years we have tried to do all the good that we can, we are given an immortal soul and share in mankind's eternal bliss. You, poor little mermaid, have tried with your whole heart to do this too. Your suffering and your loyalty have raised you up to the realm of airy spirits. And now in the course of 300 years, you may earn by your good deeds a soul that will never die. The little mermaid lifted her clear, bright eyes towards God's son, and for the first time, her eyes were wet with tears. Ah. (laughs) On board, the ship was astir and lively again. She saw the prince and his fair bride in search of her. They gazed sadly into the seething foam, as if they knew she had hurled herself into the waves. Unseen by them, she kissed the bride's forehead, smiled upon the prince, and rose up with the other daughters of the air to the rose-red clouds that sailed on high. This is the way that we shall rise to the kingdom of God after three hundred years have passed. We may get there even sooner, one spirit whispered. Unseen, we fly to the homes of men, where there are children— And for every day on which we find a good child who pleases his parents (laughs) and deserves their love, God shortens our our days of trial. Oh my God. (laughs) This is the paragraph I messaged to you. I think I remember this. I forgot this was in here. The child does not know when we float through their room. But when we smile at them in approval, one year is taken from our 300. But if we see a naughty, mischievous child, we must shed tears of sorrow, and each tear adds a day to the time of our trial. The end.
0: Jesus Christ, I forgot about the final paragraph. Oh, where it becomes a meta, where it just becomes a cautionary tale to children (laughs) about like, if you're not a good kid, the Little Mermaid is never going to go to heaven.
1: Little Mermaid's not going to get into heaven because – or it's going to take her longer because of you. Because of you. <laughs> Naughty child. Oh,
0: my gosh. Traumatizing. Wow.
1: Whew. That was very long. Um, The original is much longer. It was originally 16 pages. I cut it down
0: to, like, 11 and a quarter. I am so impressed with you because, like, that was already – like, that felt really cohesive. Like, it didn't really feel like anything – like, nothing really felt missing okay to me so yeah
1: i mean it's really just a lot of like beautiful poetic and he talks about the sisters and what they see in like much more detail so i Mm -hmm. really summarize that into one paragraph instead of five (laughs) and i love that they give her an option like they went to the sea witch to ask for help like i love that so much obviously that's my fix is that um not even necessarily that she kills the prince. I also think it would be really funny if the sisters just decided to kill the prince themselves.
0: I do love that. <laughs> I love I love that of the sisters just killed the prince. Like as soon
1: as the little mermaid here turns to sea foam, all of the mermaids just cause a shipwreck and kill everyone on board. I think that's a great ending. That's
0: funny. I like that. For
1: me? Yeah. It's
0: terrible for a lot of other people. Absolutely.
1: I don't know how that is for a modern audience. Um <laughs> Because obviously, there's so much about it that I hate for a modern audience. I hate that the Little Mermaid gives up who she is. Apparently, with someone's analysis, it's that she's letting herself grow. Like I get it, and I think that's fair. But it doesn't. It sounds like that's not the way to let yourself grow. Is to like be obsessive over someone or give up who you are. And try, I don't know, like give it all up for like religious beliefs too. Mm -hmm. giving yourself away to please, you know, a God or whatever to get an immortal soul. That really bothers me for me, a little bit like of a metaphor of like, I don't know, maybe telling queer people that they need to be different in order to gain an immortal soul. And I hate that.
0: Yeah, that they currently. But I don't think that's where Hans they is currently going Don't with the story. have one. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of hard to know. I don't know. I can. That definitely that bit definitely makes me uncomfortable as well. Um, I I dis, I you know I've always disliked the idea that people who because because that's the implication is that like people who aren't christian or observing observing christianity the way that i think victorian danish society are like don't have immortal souls like don't are don't have a guarantee of heaven yeah but they can potentially become worthy of heaven through good deeds or or conversion maybe yeah um i i also that also makes me uncomfortable i don't i don't love that as a theme i think i've always found that Confusing and upsetting that like the concept that no matter how good you are in every other way, if you're not Christian, you're not, you're not really good. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that totally makes me uncomfortable. I think fixing it for a modern audience does include like kind of getting rid of that theme. Mm-hmm. And potentially replacing it with, I I don't even know, something, something else like something yeah. something more self actualizing. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean honestly okay. I think the disney ending is really cute where they just end up together and it's like nice. But if you had to have like a version where they don't end up together, mm-hmm. I just like the idea of her dying and then her sisters kill him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> You see, I don't. I actually I actually really love the I love the way this story ends. I, yeah, I, I genuinely the ethereal beings part, <laughs> or do you like maybe, that too? I don't even hate that. Really, I I hate that it's in the pursuit of heaven. You know, uh I don't I don't love that it's in the pursuit of a Christian idea of of what a good person is. Mm-hmm. But I do love the idea. Oh, I, I'm such a sucker. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for love that ends badly stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love them. Pining is one of my favorite tropes in romantic stories. And I love the idea of your well, – Wow, I might actually get a little teary. I've had a lot of wine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good.
0: Excellent. <That's, laughs> it's Christmas episode. It's Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to cry a little. <laughs> Um, Your life didn't turn out the way you thought or the way you wanted, Mm -hmm. but it was still worth it to you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also life in some form goes on. That's true. Yeah. In some form. I love that. And you can continue to work on yourself, be a good person, it's it's just that like this particular dream didn't work out, mm-hmm. which they. But now often you get don't. a new you get a new dream, like, and you work on that instead, and 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 you can and I I love I love the sort of like various transformations that she goes through, mm-hmm. in in pursuit of of new goals and new things that make her curious and new things that she wants to achieve. I'm uncomfortable with it being an immortal soul as the <laughs> ultimate goal. <laughs> like that's that's very yikes to me. But I but I do I don't know. I love that like she loves him enough to let mm-hmm. him go. Yeah. And go be something else. Yeah. That is also fulfilling.
1: Aww. Oh. I love it so. You're much. so thoughtful. <laughs> You're so sweet. I love it. I'm just like, yeah, kill him. <laughs> and you're just like,
0: <laughs> I think it's a beautiful story.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's absolutely beautiful. There's a reason why everybody knows the little mermaid and
0: Yeah. I don't know. I like I like it. I don't know. <laughs> I I the, the only part I would change is is the end goal. Like I I don't yeah. that's, that's that's the that's the fix for me is not making it like
1: yeah, just kind of the wording.
0: Yeah, about about gaining a soul because that's like the the distinction of like a worthy person. Mm-hmm. But the rest oh. of it I actually really like. <laughs> I love
1: it. Abby's wiping away tears. <laughs> oh my God, if I could so cry and I were a feeling being I would be too
0: well, because also my opinion of the story depend like it, it depends on how I'm thinking of it, right? Like as a as a yeah. straightforward story of a girl who throws it all away for a boy and then jumps into the sea. <laughs> yeah. I I don't like it um, mm-hmm. as much. As a story that's a metaphor about it probably helped
1: Anderson like move on and move on be- find some sort of closure.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Definitely.
0: A a story about like a story about unreciprocated love, especially like unreciprocated like like forbidden love in the sense that it's like yeah, if if you commit to this the way you would like to commit to this, like you forsake your your community or and your family of origin. Um, yeah. Which, like, not all the time, and and as like modern society progresses, increasingly less, but that's still very much a reality for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: So, definitely. so this story as a metaphor for sort of like a forbidden, unrequited, like queer love. Mm-hmm. Um. I I really like it. Yeah. I like it a lot lot i think it's a great story i i don't love it as a straightforward story of a girl who like dies because the boy she likes won't marry her
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean those were just the rules it's not necessarily that she like just straight up died because he didn't love her
0: no, but but I. Do she just love, took the
1: ri- She was willing to take the risk for it. She
0: was willing to risk it. But but yeah. but but that. But as a as a straightforward story, that's dumb. Girls <laughs> don't do that. No boy is ever worth it. As a as a metaphor for for a a very risky queer relationship, mm-hmm. where the relationship itself causes you the the, the existence of the relationship has the potential to cause you daily pain in a, in a very sort of existential way. Yeah. But some, t- but that might be worth it to you. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> the little mermaid is so many layers gang. It does. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Poor> uh- <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: thank you for being so thoughtful, and I love, I love that interpretation, and I love your fix. Um, I do. I would still like to see a siren version of them killing everyone on board because me that too. would make me happy.
0: <laughs> I want both because I am also- a
1: horrible person, but and vengeful i guess <laughs> and just more maybe more angry but uh, i really love that um i love that for the little mermaid that it's transformative and that she finds a way to keep going and find something else that gives her life meaning and an
0: importance yeah That's but scary. i also genuinely your fix is more fun like i want to <laughs> i would want to watch that movie
1: <laughs> i just want to watch her angry sisters uh Eating everyone on board.
0: Absolutely. Just drowning all of them. That's drowning what I want. them all.
1: Because um, they're so mad because they lo- – I just – I'm so mad at Herbert because her family loved her so much. Yeah. And they came and they were longing for her. They were just like, why did you leave us? And then they gave up their hair for the – like to the witch. Yes, they found like, a they way. Like they all braved going to the witch to save her. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, and I guess they just – that hits me harder. Um. Then the Little Mermaid just being dramatic and f- being like, "Oh, I guess like I don't know." It, it's harder. That's that breaks my heart more than anything.
0: Absolutely. That her that her family loved her so much. Yeah. And and that she and that like her loss was like an aching hole in their lives, and they like they go out and they find a way for they find a way for her to undo it. Yeah. Like, Oh, I love that. That's really so, sweet.
1: And I, but I still love that. She loved the Prince and decides not to kill him. Like, I, I think that's really sweet. I just want some closure for the sisters too, I guess.
0: <laughs> Me too.
1: <laughs> Me
0: too. Like, I think so both like, of our fixes could work together. Honestly. <laughs> Cause honestly, that Prince is a fuck boy.
1: Like, yeah. And he- Stringing her along like he that, like, I her love you, along. my little
0: like little dog. I don't know. I just, yeah, I my little pet. But he's also like Downline. kissing her and being romantic with her and spending mm-hmm. like all of this time with her. But th- but doesn't see her as a real person. No, honestly, our fixes work together. Mm-hmm. Our fixes absolutely work together. <laughs> I don't care if he dies. I just like it that <laughs> she decides not to kill him. I guess. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that. I love that. Um, like it's a uh, good for her transcending yeah. form into like an ethereal being like that's even kind of cool yeah but yeah Moving i agree on. like the the ultimate goal being like to i mean it doesn't even say necessarily heaven but it's just um heavily implied so yes yes yeah. Which is probably great for a lot of people. And I really hate I really hate that ending paragraph about and and we go into little kids rooms at night and if they're really good we'll get a whole extra year like that's
0: absolutely it's it hilarious. Yeah, it. It, it, yeah. It it like it, it, it tanked the story. I was like I was with you. I was there. Like <laughs> that is, I I just yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck? That was so funny.
1: So funny. Um, So we wanted to talk like very quickly about adaptations because this is already like a super-sized episode or maybe
0: a two-parter. Or maybe on- we'll split it up into two. We haven't decided yet.
1: <laughs> um, but... Uh, for the Disney movie, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it too long. Maybe we talked about it during. But I think they did a good job of making it into a, a kid's film. It was fun. I still like The Little Mermaid. I mean, yeah. I think Ariel's kind of annoying in the same way that The Little Mermaid's annoying.
0: She's a teenager.
1: But I like, wish I wish her sisters had been a bigger part of it. Like, I love that so much. You know, probably because I have a sister and I feel so close with her most days. <laughs> not always, but most days. Yeah. So, like... like- you know, it's 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 hard to imagine not loving your family like that. Like she just feels so isolated from them and also like your grandmother and your father like I just love my family so much that it's hard for me to and they care about her so much. I don't know. I they wish that had do. been in the in the Disney film a little bit more. I guess the dad cares about her, but
0: yeah, he does. He does. Like I, so when I was watching it mm-hmm. uh, today First of all, I just want to give a quick shout out to my partner, Steven, who was convinced that Sebastian is a lobster. What? No. And I know. And Steven. I told him, there's literally a song about how Sebastian is a crab.
1: <laughs> Wait, there's a song about that he's a crab?
0: It's not about how he's a crab, but like, you know, the Le Poisson song where the chef is like cooking seafood? Oh. And talks yeah. about how he's going to make a stuffed crab out of. Oh yeah, Sebastian. That anyway,
1: is. There is a song about him being a crab. I just yeah. didn't even think of it that way. Yeah, good point. So
0: anyway, but but Stephen was so convinced because he was like, "No, I get that the movie is saying he's a crab, but he looks like a lobster to me in character he doesn't design. Have the tail
1: or the whiskers. I know,
0: he doesn't have the tail, but the cl- but Stephen was going off of the claws. Like he has one. He is like his claws are like he's got a puncher claw and a and a pincer claw
1: does he have a small claw
0: now i gotta look it up sebastian i didn't think so but steven Stephen was convinced and we argued about it the entire movie
1: oh my gosh no his claws look the same size to me anyway, anyway so claw- too well but crabs also have sometimes have a small claw on a big one
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm sorry steven you're just wrong
0: <laughs> and he doesn't look like a lobster at all I don't like I think Stephen just thought he looked bright red and that his claws looked bigger than like a, cl- a crab's claws usually. Do. <laughs> anyway, shout out. How to, satisfying was that? <laughs> shout out to my boo. <laughs>
1: How satisfying was it to like Oh wait, did, is he still not is he it still wasn't not satisfying
0: because he said I he said like no no, I get that the movie says he's a crab. <laughs> but it doesn't look like one to me and it bothers me. <laughs> Oh, okay. Shout Steven. out to my boo. <laughs> He's better. <laughs> but about King Triton, though, like, I realized that, like, because um, I don't think I've actually watched this movie as an adult. Oh, really? That really? been really fun. It was really fun because the movie's so good. Like, the movie's very good. It's not my favorite Disney princess movie by a long shot. Um, I still have a lot of problems with it because I feel like they kind of take a lot of the more... They take a lot of the the stuff that I like about the fairy tale, I guess, out of it. Yeah. And it becomes a much more straightforward story. Uh-huh. For um, sure. But I realized like when King Triton comes to Ariel's grotto and starts smashing all of her stuff, I was like, oh, I don't remember this scene because I'd never watched it when I was a kid. I made my parents fast forward through this scene every single time because it frightened me so badly. Oh. <laughs> like her yeah, dad comes in <laughs> and he's mad. And then he starts smashing all of her stuff. Like mm-hmm. that really scared me as a kid. I fast forwarded through it every single time. Like it was hard to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is a very scary part. It's very like classic um, toxic masculinity. Dad being pretty yeah. overprotective of his daughter. Yeah stereotype yeah. for sure
0: not a good parenting moment and you can see that he regrets it as soon as he has oh. done it like he feel like he feels bad
1: i'm sorry i love daddy triton so much oh,
0: i could never be own. mad at him <laughs> but <laughs> never also like, ever
1: in a million years look at those big eye- those big bushy eyebrows
0: those pecs those giant nipples
1: <laughs> i mentioned i saw it during um when i I was at the gym with Adam and we were both on a treadmill and I'm like, look at those big eyebrows <laughs> <To> Adam. <laughs> and Adam's just like, <laughs> I don't know, all grouchy like, I don't even like guys with big muscles. And it's like, that's not it, bro. But <laughs> it's the eyebrows, but also
0: calm down and the,
1: and the big, the big beard and also just all of
0: it. I'm sorry. I mean, the arms, the pecs, the abs. <laughs> King Triton's hot. Like, and that tail <laughs> is super thick. That is, mm-hmm. his tail is thick with two C's and I, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, I love King Triton so much. Oh,
1: and then he makes her that pretty dress at the end. Yeah. And it's all sparkling. Did everybody want that dress as a kid or was oh, it
0: just 100%. Me? Oh no, how I did that dress so bad.
1: How do you make a cartoon dress that sparkly?
0: I don't know. It was gorgeous. I loved it so much because it's and made love, out of magic. <laughs> I love him. well. I I always kind of thought that it was kind of made out of sea foam, like he made the dress out of sea foam.
1: And like, I think it's made out of just the the top of the sparkling water. Like it's yes. made from the sun reflecting in the water. It's yeah. so
0: God, it's gorgeous,
1: pretty, and her daddy made it for her <laughs> as a way of apologizing. I don't know. It's very cute. I liked it
0: a lot. The Little More I is a great movie.
1: I'm excited for the live action, but I would love like a backstory on King Triton and Ursula mm-hmm. and their whole deal. I know we've talked about that a little bit in the past, but well, that would just be fun. I think
0: we have this actually leads me into something that else that I wanted to talk about, like sort of brief, like some of to briefly touch on re, re the Little Mermaid was um, the the inspiration for Ursula, uh huh? Yeah, as a character because do. because the sea witch, you know, as we've just heard, mm-hmm. is not. Is not like a heavily involved part of the story.
1: Yeah, and she's not evil. She's like, yeah, I'll do the thing you want.
0: Yeah, but they. Specifically- I mean, I need
1: something in return. But obviously, like, you got
0: to pay her. Yeah, you got got to pay the lady. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, but she's she's less of an antagonist and more, you know, like a vehicle through which like the rest of the story is possible. Yep. But with Ursula, they wanted her to be more of a like a direct catalyst for the story. And so they they, you know the the script writers changed her into more of like a, an explicit antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they did it was uh so lyricist producer and writer Howard Ashman had originally envisioned Ursula's relationship with King Triton as a soap opera and thus drew inspiration from soap opera actress Joan Collins. So that's like kind of like the basis of Ursula's like, big dramatic personality which is just fucking incredible. Yes. And, and Ursula was originally conceived as Triton's sister. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate that. Yeah, I don't hate that either. I I do I do like sort of the implication there that like there's a really that, that they do kind of have like a long very intense antagonistic history. I think i like it better if she was If she was Ariel's mom's sister. Oh,
1: that would be fun too. Yeah. I like Um, that. Yeah. Auntie,
0: Auntie Ursula. Auntie Ursula. Uh, But that idea was uh, ultimately abandoned completely. Um, Although they do, they do still have that line that implies that Ursula used to live in the palace. Mm, i don't remember that she she has this throw this throwaway line mm-hmm. um when she's talking to flotsam and jetsam at the beginning of the movie about just kind of like oh you know i remember things were this way when i lived in the palace
1: mm, i need to rewatch it that's
0: cool yeah yeah so like there's definitely like the implication that there's something else going on there oh yeah and i also just wanted to um kind of mentioned that another another facet of ursula's overall design um and an inspiration for kind of her her entire character Mm -hmm. was uh the american actor and drag queen divine i feel like i've heard that before yeah divine divine is a was a very famous drag queen if you if you look
1: Oh if yeah, you look
0: divine up like you will recognize him.
1: Definitely. Oh
0: my gosh, yeah. Um, divine was uh, by the way born in Baltimore. So good. And uh, that eyeshadow. Feature- yeah, the <laughs> eyeshadow, incredible. <laughs> and you can kind of see in like the shape of Divine's body, kind of where they got the inspiration for Ursula's character design, and then also for Ursula's makeup.
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh, I super see it. I love it. Yeah, that's something I wish for the live action was that they had like hired a drag queen.
0: Yeah, which is sort of the of, original inspo. I, I think it's Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, they're gonna have Melissa McCarthy do it,
1: which I like Melissa McCarthy just fine, fine, but um, not for that role. I, no, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not stoked on it. I mean, I'm excited to be have my mind changed or whatever, but.
0: She'll do great.
1: You know, it's like,
0: I don't know. I just wish that, I wish that they'd gotten a drag queen because that was the original inspiration for Ursula's entire look. That would have been really cool. Um, Which also I just wanted to just, just touch on a little bit. Like there, there's nothing specific about this, but just mention that like Disney, Disney villains, especially from around this time period tend to be queer coded, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is why a lot of queer people end up really simping for the villain in a lot of, In a lot of movies and TV because like that was who uh, we had to be represented by Um, (laughs) were these like clearly gay people, but they were the baddies, Mm -hmm. but there are baddies. There are messy, murderous messes. We do claim them. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I just thought that that was, I don't know, that was cool that just Ursula was directly inspired by a drag queen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hashtag villain sympathizer.
0: Villain sympathizers. <laughs> I've got an entire, I've got an entire like extra rant about that, but that's for another, that's for another episode. Um, All
1: right. um I think we
0: have one last. There's one other thing I want to say. Um, you were talking about wanting Ariel's sisters to be involved more. Yeah. In the yes. story. Did yeah. you ever watch the Little Mermaid TV show?
1: I did, but I only remember that one episode with the deaf mermaid because pictures of it have recently shown up in my feed. I, like, wouldn't have remembered it otherwise. The deaf
0: mermaid? I don't-
1: yeah. In the TV show, there's one episode where there's a deaf mermaid and she's, like, signing – and she's also oh, a deaf mermaid. Sorry, I thought you were saying death mermaid. I know that's middle as hell. No, she's deaf, so she's signing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it only popped up because of all this, like, you know, people freaking out about a black princess, a bra, black aerial, whatever. Black mermaid. I don't mm-hmm. know if the deaf mermaid was black or Latina, but um,
0: her name was Gabriella. So I'm Gabriella. I, I think she was supposed to be Latina. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, I, but there I, was like, I a, only deaf pers- a deaf mermaid of color. I know it's fucking awesome.
1: And I only remember that. I even watched the show because I saw that and I was like, I remember that episode, but I don't Mm -hmm. remember literally anything else because I was very, very young.
0: I actually I watched that show a lot and so did so did my sibling. And we loved that show because like Ariel's sisters are much more involved. They have individual personalities. Like she has like specific relationships with each of her sisters oh i love it they had a deaf they had a deaf mermaid that actually like speaks in sign they had like the the episodes were genuinely really scary a couple of them like there's one where like ariel gets trapped by a cursed bracelet in some kind of like undersea like nether world that she is trying to escape that sounds awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check to see if that's on Disney Plus. <laughs> it is on Disney Plus.
1: Hell yes. Yeah.
0: Alright, awesome. we had one more thing we wanted we wanted to mention yeah. as far as Little Mermaid adaptations go.
1: Yeah, just one more shout out. Um I, I, Abby, do you wanna talk about it? Because you're the one who actually bought me this book.
0: I did. I bought you this book for like I think Christmas. Um I don't Years ago? I don't remember. It's The Mary Spinster by Danny Lavery, who is a writer that I just in general really enjoy. And Mm -hmm. he wrote a bunch of uh, sort of reimagined fairy tales told from a very queer and a very trans in particular perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it was also was right around the time when he was transitioning himself. And so he obviously, you know, he was having a lot of feelings about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the stories in the book is called The Daughter Cells. And that is a retelling of The Little Mermaid and sort of like a a queer horror. Oh, it's really dark. Dark. Super dark.
1: Very fun. Very almost like... I'm going to go ahead and say more realistic. Like someone who is of another world and doesn't understand humans. Kind of like how... I love how in The Little Mermaid with Hans Christian Andersen, he, go ahead, he goes and mentions that the mermaids don't quite understand why they don't want to come into the sea. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I guess they die. because <laughs> But they're like, the water is totally fine. Like, why don't you want to come down here? It's beautiful. They're like, come check it out. And then they're like, oh, yeah. Um, and that's very much the kind of whole vibe of the daughter cells is just the it's from the perspective of the little mermaid who doesn't understand the human world at all and finds Mm -hmm. it fascinating and it's creepy it's awesome yes it's a spooky and the mary spinster also comes with a bunch of other great stories in the same vein like retellings of fairy tales so for sure if you have not absolutely check it out we'll put Mm -hmm. the link to the book in our show notes
0: highly recommend
1: so good (laughs) so much fun
0: yeah And I think that about does it on talking about The Little Mermaid. I am talked out. (laughs) Yes, that's going to do it for
1: us. Thank you so much for listening to Fairytale Fix. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple, or you can leave us a star rating on Spotify. If you love the show and want to support us and get extra cool content, you can visit us at our Patreon at fairytalefix.cash. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. We're also on TikTok. Um, yeah. We post, you know, just if you want to actually see us talking, uh, I'll post videos of us uh, sometimes. <laughs> Check that out. And please email us your favorite fairy tales, your favorite folklore, nursery rhymes, and other such things at info at
0: com. And so the Little Mermaid story progresses in very much the same way, continuing a lot of the same themes. But in the end, it wasn't a story about her pursuit of an immortal soul. It was a story about loving, letting go, moving on, and finding other things to give your life meaning.
1: And the Little Mermaid sisters were so mad that some asshole who didn't really love her let her die. (laughs) That they caused a shipwreck and drowned every soul on board. And they all lived lived happily happily ever after. After The the end. end.